Welcome back. That's some good Maximum Carnage. Squeezer, do you know why nope. I went with Maximum Carnage for the 90s music episode um, preamble music? It's probably something I'm supposed to know. No, nah, not many people, but me as a weirdo know this. Yeah, okay. Uh, the soundtrack to uh, Maximum Carnage was done by the 90s band Green Jelly. Um, so I thought that would be appropriate. Oh. Yeah, that's it. Enchantress knows members of Green Jelly. She, uh, I think I only played Maximum Carnage. No, I, I got a bunch of times. That was one of those you rent it every time from Blockbuster kind of things. I, I rent it once, found love, and bought it. The red cartridge sold me. <clears throat> yeah, it was pretty sexy. Thank goodness it's Wednesday. Yeah, Green Jelly, Brian knew. Uh, so I figured that would be a good way to uh, uh, start off the 90s music show. Uh, and Joe pointed out in the text earlier in the show that today is the fourth anniversary of Stranger Things Season 1 debut. Um, I finished. I, I just finished rewatching it for probably the sixth time last night. Season 1 or just the whole thing? Season like 1. I started mm-hmm. season two also last night. I'll probably continue season two. I'll probably continue season two after we get off of this call tonight. I know you think you you like season three the best so far, right? It is it is the best. All right. I, I just, I don't know. I haven't watched them the second time around. So hey, season one just had a certain magic to it because it was so new and different. Oh, it hooked me in and you were the one who turned me on to it. I, I heard I, I saw the thing on Netflix because it like rubs it in your face when you turn it on. But I, mm-hmm. I assumed it was some horror junk I didn't care about. And you're like, are you going to watch Stranger Things? When are you excited for Stranger Things? I was like, what? No, I don't, that's not something I'm into. And as soon as you said you were into it, I was like, oh. Oh. Then, well, I'm into a lot of things. Well, no, because you uh... you're, you're a scaredy cat. Oh, yeah. I, I figured it was some I, I like. I thought maybe tomorrow we can start talking about number five jack planes. What's number five checkpoints? It's woodworking thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there, Joe. Um, we'll definitely get there. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, um, you were like, no, 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 no. Watch the trailer, dummy. It's it's good. It's not. It's not. I thought it was something like what the fuck did I think it was? Something like um, the ring or something. Ah, uh, yeah. I didn't think it was what it was. I didn't realize it was a monster type. See, I really didn't either like when i because at the time i was just reading up on it and it's just like kind of like a very spielbergian ish 1980s style um yeah so i i wasn't even i was taken aback by what it actually turned out to be well i finished the whole series before you even started it after you recommended it to yeah, me yeah i got like three and i'm like this is amazing and then i probably ended up going back and yeah, so watching watching like season three of The West Wing again. We are at a, a in a baseball stadium, and Squeezer's telling me about this. I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. It was on that night, so I went home, and it came out, and I was like, all right, I watched the first episode, and I finished the show that night. I watched the whole show that night, all eight episodes. Yeah, 
And the next day I saw him, I was like, this show's fucking amazing. He's like, what? Did you like that first episode? I'm like, I like the whole show. It's like, you watched the whole thing? I'm like, yes. <laughs> Given my... Uh, uh, Zach Braff and, and uh, Donald Faison might start their show off by going five, six, seven, eight into their big Broadway-style musical intro. I start our show with the three opening the three-beer salute for the movie Tavern Stein. <laughs> you heard two, ladies and gentlemen. Here is number three, baby. Three-beer salute with... I poured myself a cup of coffee. Baloney. You packed your what? cooler. I did, but I have there in the cooler. I have coffee first. So I got it because I had one. Ugh. And I'm like, ooh, that was a that was pretty strong. So I had to go to coffee. I crammed a mouthful of cheese that's in my face before I came down the steps. So that you know that kind of sucked up all the booze. And I get a little coffee in me, and then you know by like to pick number two or three, I'll crack another one open. Got to pace myself. I can't. I can't do. That anymore i'm just i have a pretty good routine and you know it i don't i don't start till after eight o'clock you wake up you drink and then <laughs> i wish uh no um i come after i get home from work enchantress and i we talk we we share thoughts of our days and and talk about things and then i go into the basement and exercise squeezer oh i am now a month and a half of doing this pretty regularly um, I'm going to start exercising when I get to the new house because I'll have room for exercise equipment there. There you, know, you go. Because I can just do it here. You know, it's not like I have an elliptical heavy bag, free right. weights and kettlebells right. I'm the, here. You know. And then uh, I come upstairs, I shower and I start making dinner. I made um, dinner tonight and then I don't have I don't eat anything or drink alcohol till eight o'clock every night. Now, you might be like, how do you do that? Well, I don't wake up till like 845 every day. So it's not that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, re- I'm never really hungry during the day anyway. I'm not, I'm not, I never eat breakfast ever if I've eaten breakfast. It's not my thing. Only time I'd ever eat breakfast is if I was still awake at that hour. Ah, yes. Uh-huh. See, I'm a fan of the breakfast. Well, I'm, I was. And I, I don't just, I don't just grab something to eat because like I'm hungry. Like for me, it's a, it's an event. It's a process. It's a thing. Breakfast takes about two hours in my household. Because you have to render your home fries down until they're pretty much nothing but... Oh, yeah. We've, ta- um, we've talked at nauseum of your home fries cooking on the show. Home fries, yes. Um, I know. But I, I'll continue but I talking at nauseum. I love talking. Uh, but I, as soon as I developed an egg allergy, I, uh, I knew mm. I, breakfast food was out for me. I don't know if you heard me. Uh, or, or, I don't know if you were awake yet this morning um, at work. But uh, when I was reminiscing the trucker about... Um, uh, flea market um sausage egg and cheese sandwiches that you get <laughs> nope and how like you get heartburn as they're handing it to you oh it's the fucking greatest even if i was still sleeping or i was not there or i was on the phone with a certain polka band's manager all morning um i oh. definitely would have been paying attention <laughs> yeah just two grown men reminiscing about sausage sandwiches from various truck stops and flea markets i was talking to a should be mummy about a polka band's Ooh. For the seventeenth time over the past oh, two days. Oh, not oh, I. You said no, this guy, like, th- this polka band is a legendary, and he's a hero of many people, and he's got Grammy awards. Where I just have regional enemies, but um, he. I think that actually ranks higher. Yeah, he uh, his manager has been uh, quite a, a nuisance to me. He calls been calling me nonstop. 
He's coming by to see me tomorrow at eleven thirty. Oh, you'll have to. I'll be there. You'll be there. Bells on. Uh, you, do you want uh, me to? Do you want me to run uh, pass protection for you? No, no, no. I'll I, be you. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. No, we he can, kn- we he can kn- do the switcheroo episode. He knows me. That's a season three kind of thing. Oh. I've directed the last three shows at the fair of his, so he, uh, got, old Gus knows me. <laughs> They're old. They'll he'll forget. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping. He's like, wow, wow, Ryan, you got fat. Like. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. It's all that drinking after eight o'clock at night. He knows me as he's like, "You're the one with the backwards hat." I'm like, "Yep." So Ugh. I'm gonna throw him off tomorrow and and slick my hair. And can I? Well, I'll just sit there at my desk then with a backwards hat, and he'll come in and just start talking to me. All right. Anyone sign up for Peacock yet? No, I did not. No, but I, I heard various NBC news stations talking about it because they have to. Uh, that was uh, of Independence Station. You brought that up. I didn't even think of what the hell was you were it. Talk- yeah, that was. Oh shit! Because you were. Wa- I was. You know what? Now that I think about it, because the TV in the other room was very loud. Uh-huh. But I, we were watching NBC without sound. So, and I wasn't looking at their mouths. So, uh, I just assumed that that's what they were talking about. No, they were talking. Sense. They were talking Peacock. Yeah, but it was it not- like timed out perfectly. And in hindsight, yes, yeah, I realize I feel like a silly goose. Hmm. Oh yeah, I gotta watch. Is the, there anything? I gotta watch the boys. They asked if we watch the boys on Amazon. I have not watched the boys on Amazon yet. I'm getting through Watchmen. The boys is one of my next shows because I know they they have a season two. And from everything Mark Bernardin has said, it is amazing. So it is on uh, my list. I don't know where it falls on your uh, list as long as Rapunzel's hair squeezer. Uh, well, I just watch Rapunzel. So I was try I said that the segue into the Disney movie we watched tonight was Tangled. Oh, what'd you think? It wasn't as bad as Frozen 2. I even liked it better than Frozen. I liked the goon squad at the uh, the Snuggly Duckling. They're fucking great. It, that's uh what's his name from Everyone Loves Raymond? Oh, Brad Garrett. Yeah, he's hookhand. Ah, he's good. He's funny. He's very funny. Yeah. The whole group mm-hmm. is is funny in the um the horse Maximus. Yeah, yes, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's not. You bad. know, it's the most expensive animated film ever made. It looks it. My God. Because <laughs> yes, because it's actually a blend. It, watch if you get a chance. Watch some behind the scenes scene shit on it. It's awesome. Because they did traditional animation and CGI and kind of blended it, and that's how they got that look. And it it's my God, is it a gorgeous picture? Yeah. Um, that is, I noticed that the whole time. I was like, "Man, this is this is a, a really good looking." And picture. we were at my in-laws, and they got a new 4K TV, and I saw it in 4K for the first time, and it, I was just like, "This looks fucking amazing." Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's and the a, series is good too. I'm not gonna lie, it's a, <laughs> it's a little girls' that, cartoon, but that I, was the joke. It's of, very Japanese anime-ish. Uh, that was the joke of the night. Uh, are you gonna? So you and Squeezer have something to talk about. Do you want to watch? Talk the, about Punzel. Well, Tangled. Tangled. Well, we we call it Punzel in this household. Uh, she doesn't understand what Tangled is. Uh, it's like you want to watch Tangled? No, I want to watch Punzel. Okay, we'll watch. <laughs> yeah, but it uh, beats any anything. Beats fucking Doc fucking McStuffins. <laughs> it's oh, not Doc, even funny. Like Doc like, McStuffins uh, is real. Parks and Rec made the joke up. What's that? Doc Mc, Doc McStuffins is real. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I that, thought that it was just a Ron Swanson joke. Yeah, 
No, no. It's a funny joke until you have to just – now it's painful. There is no more quiet. There's only Doc McStuffins. Doc McStuffins. It's fucking painful. And I can actually deal with Doc. She's okay. She's a, she's a go-getter kind of young lady. Um, but her little cast of characters, like f- f- fucking uh, – all oh, those little stuffy motherfuckers. I, it's, I, I don't know which supporting cast is worse. Uh, like, my supporting cast or her supporting cast. Ooh. Like, right. I, I'd almost... I, I'd almost trade stuffy for Ian. <laughs> um, spoilers, at the end, when uh, the goons show back up to help him escape from jail, that was a, that was a good scene. I, I called that. I was yeah. like, Maximum got the goons, didn't he? And... Uh, Oh, and it's and it's Ron Perlman too, or is the the twin uh, bad guys? Oh, is it? Yeah, it's Ron Perlman. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. The Hellboy, everybody. Uh, Joe, you finished watching Watchmen. Uh, I, I, I am through three episodes. It is really fucking good, and I I hope it has a good ending. I, from all uh, accounts, it, it does uh, end really well. It's, it's a it's 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 one whole thing. There's not going to be. Um, any extra seasons uh, this is it's one story told so uh it, there's no cliffhangers or anything it's it's it so um i'm really excited joe asked if jada pinkett smith say entangled in regards to her affair <laughs> i really i'm really lost who did she have an affair with who is this person what does he I do i don't know <laughs> i'm too old for it yeah my god um, I, I wouldn't think a music I, guy see i would think i wouldn't be too old to know who jada pinkett smith is having an affair with but uh six years ago by the way oh was it i i think so yeah it i was didn't like read 2014 anything. or something i never studied <laughs> i was i uh i i I could not follow. I was like, "Oh, Jada yeah. Pinkett Smith had an affair." I thought that was a. I thought that was a thing everyone knew. Their marriage was open for years, and uh, Will Smith was having an affair with Tom Cruise or whatever the fuck it was. Remember those rumors that were going around? Oh, really? Uh, the the I don't I, know when they're trying to recruit him I, for Scientology. Uh, I don't know. That's not true. It's garbage talk. Who gives a fuck what they do? If Will Smith wants that. Have an affair with anybody, and and Jada Pinkett. They they only have to answer to each other, not the public. <laughs> I never understood that. Yeah, I... string them up and fucking make them tell us their dirty laundry. Although they can sell the rights to tell the story to a, a, a fucking dirt rag and make millions of dollars. So mm-hmm. I wish I had gossip that was worth millions. I died dealt in a second. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that the closest you can get is uh, as like a normal like person is a lifetime movie. Yeah, I do have a lot of dirt. Uh, I, I how many concerts do you think I did in thirteen and seven years? All, all those scuzzy stories and shit. Yeah, but it's it's really not interesting. <laughs> no, it's just I, I it, bet Rob Zombie's really crazy backstage. He's a sweet <laughs> sweetheart, and it's really Hanging calm. Out with his family. It's really calm, and it's there's a, there's a massage room for people uh, on the tour. Anyone working in the house the, the house of the tour to get a massage. It, it's really calm and peaceful backstage, and he's just a sweet man. Um, so yes, that's Rob Zombie, and everyone <laughs> thought Marilyn Manson 
threw cocaine all over this dressing room. It turns out it was just baby powder so he could get his tight leather pants on. Ah, true story. Marilyn Manson is very calm and he is very normal. And we he was having he was little Dave was running handheld and he was loving it. He was playing up to the camera and he was loving it. And he didn't want any other media down there. And he was he was kicking bottles towards the camera, but like to know that it wouldn't hit the camera. To he he like knew what he was doing, kicking past the camera. Mm-hmm. And then there was some photographer down there that was annoying him, so he pointed out a security guard and threw him out. And he thought he meant little Dave and tossed him out. Uh, Marilyn got so upset that he had the security guard write Johnny, who was running the place, a, a, a sorry letter saying he didn't mean to kick the camera guy out. He had no intention of doing. Marilyn had no intention of kicking him out. So wow. just a gentleman. Of a, if he would have known him now, he probably would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> little Dave, you mean? Little Dave yeah. was doing a good job. He was really playing up to, for, he was so little, it worked really well. To have yeah. Him there. Yeah. It's like a little, one of those little POV cams. Like yeah, they, right. they had like, and he's basically a living, breathing nanny cam. Oh my, I had, li- I had little Dave. Bear. Who the hell is that girl's band? Um, Fifth Harmony. So Fifth, Har- Fifth Harmony was one of the weirdest things. We were doing the show for Yahoo. So oh, it was, shit. it was streaming. And they're a girl band that was created by um, social media, maybe. I don't know. I, it was gotcha. it was some somehow it was like a contest that created a girl band. And the girls were had to do a meet. We were doing this whole thing for Yahoo, and there was some behind-the-scenes stuff. And um, we were up in the balcony, and they were supposed to be doing a meet-and-greet. And, greet and they, they kept – one of the girls apparently broke up with somebody – Aww. And was crying in those, you know, those back corner bathrooms that that we use, and like really in in, in the vision bar yeah. on the balcony. So they're crying back there in the women's room, and and I, I walk back there, and and their manager's just like yelling at him to get the hell out there, or he's gonna fire one of them and replace it with, I don't even know what the hell they said. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, that must suck to be that disposable. I don't know if they're serious or whatever, but uh, I from uh. You know my research and one of my topics. Yes, they are. Oh, so um, you you could tell that these girls were created in a lab, like a, a lab in a television studio, because as soon as the show started, and I don't know if they knew it was streaming on YouTube or not, but they were fighting to get in Little Dave's camera. Like like, <laughs> you know how some bands just will ignore the camera and don't even want the handheld and and yeah. the pit. Yeah, yeah, they, especially like the as they get a little older, they don't want that double chin, triple. And we trend. and we never shoot that. Like roadies will no. shoot that. We don't. Sorry, roadies. We never shoot that. You know, we don't <laughs> shoot the up to nose shot. We're there getting you know glamorous. They think they can do it. Go fuck themselves. Right. So these girls are fighting, and I'm loving it because you know when you're cutting a show. If they're playing to the camera, it makes your job a whole lot easier, you know, because sure. then people start watching the screen and you look like you're doing a, a job. And yeah, because then, then you can go back to Instagram and your phone. Well, well, no, it, it gives you something to do instead of being on on like instead of reading dinosaurdracula.com or watching <laughs> Spider-Man, it, it makes the show interesting. So you, you want to pay attention, you know. Gotcha. When Ian Anderson's on his flute skipping around on one leg for an hour, it's kind of like, fuck. <laughs> you know, get it over with. <laughs> um, so, but but the, these girls were like playing up to the camera. So, you know, you're cutting a good show and you know you're pissing off the lighting guy because everyone's paying attention to the screens and not his light show. 
So that's always fun. But yeah, that's that that was weird. But uh, um, Joe wants me to do Trump announcing that Arcane Squeezer are having an affair with each other. Please. I mean, it's polite. I just got off the phone with that loser idiot, Tony Fauci. I don't call him doctor anymore. He's Tony. Tony told me, and this is really disgusting. Quite frankly, this might be the most gross thing I've heard since the Kung Flu, all right? That uh, Squeezer and RK have some little podcast, some little thing. I don't even know. I, I never heard of it. Have you heard of this? Have you heard of this podcast? Uh, having an affair with each other. That's gay, people. <laughs> gay affair. <laughs> Not straight. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering, sometimes you look. Not that there's anything wrong with that, Mr. President. Sometimes on any given day, they each look like a lesbian, but they're two guys. <laughs> That's a very good point. There's a family photo in my house that I do not like. The one looks uh, like. <laughs> the one looks like Ruby Rose, and the other one looks like the butch girl who works at Home Depot. <laughs> Uh, I'm giving myself a backdoor compliment by saying I look like Ruby Rose. My hair naturally oh, falls that way. Oh, I thought it was the other way. Okay. Oh, I see where you went there. Uh, I have Ruby Rose's Depot hair. one. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. You didn't get that. Like anyone would believe me in a Home Depot apron. No, you have no idea what you're talking about. You'd be perfect. <laughs> oh, that's true. I'm like, you're going to need the flange over there with a three-quarter uh, uh, calibrator. Uh, I'm buying a screen door. Right, yes. So you're going to need the seven-eighths calibrator in that <laughs> case. Also, you'll still need the flange. That would be fun. You should just give that a try. Go get an orange apron and just walk around. I got an orange apron that says kiss the cook and just walk around and see if people ask me <laughs> questions. Well, the fact that if people find you, they already know that something's up. Oh, right, right. I'll just apologize to anyone that works at Home Depot here. I'll, I have a dear friend of mine who. I'll I'll clear there. some appliances off like the bottom shelf and just like tuck myself underneath there. Yeah, and, and have and have you anyone walking by? Have you answer three riddles before I could help you? Answer me these riddles three. <laughs> I think that's the protocol for getting help at Home Depot nowadays, right? It was, uh, I, I had to go in and get some connectors for some PVC for the set we're building. And uh, I find this elder gentleman with a mask uh, covering his chin. And I'm like, excuse me, sir, do you have a 60 degree, uh, one and a quarter inch uh, PVC? I need a one and a quarter inch, 68 degree elbows. It's like, huh? And this is in the plumbing, like literally in his department. And I repeat it, repeat it. And the guy next to him just looks at me and goes, no. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Right, I, I'll I'm just go fuck myself right now. I'm quarter inch pipe. So that's why I assumed I'd ask at least. You didn't have to be a dick. You, sh um, you should have just gone and went and fucked yourself. Uh, I, you know what? Yeah. I mean, there was plenty of pipe there. I'm like, hmm. yeah, right. Uh, I'll do you the favor and tell myself to go fuck myself. So, fuck me uh, for asking. I'll go. 
uh, down to the you pull it and see if I can find a piece off an old car. <laughs> Cars just have PVC on them. Sure, I'm that stupid. Oh, God, we should do that one day. Just take a. We should make that a team building exercise. What's that? Go down to Harry's and just rip uh, rip shit out of cars. Well, uh, we want to see if we can bolt a bench in the back of the Ford van, so uh, we're gonna probably have to go to Harry's. Really? We came with the idea if we see if we if we get if Trucker's gonna see if the bolt uh, holes are there underneath that uh-huh. rubber mat. If we bolt a bench in there, that thing becomes a crew vehicle that we also can haul shit in. Oh. Hmm? Fun. Haul idiots and gear. And I'm sure it'll be safe. Yeah, we'll put the gear in the seats with the seatbelts and the idiots in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be a fun... I miss that. Remember Junkyard Wars? I like that show. No, I remember Storage Wars. It was originally a British show, and they were, like, thrown in the junkyard, and they'd, like, build shit with stuff they found. That was clearly planted. Man, but it was still fun. Tony Stark would kill at that job. Yeah, he would. He'd like build an Iron Man suit out of a cave. <laughs> when was that on Junkyard Wars? Squeeze it. And it was that was on when like TLC had a uh, storage um, wars, all the wars. Yeah, all the wars, but like actual like creative shit. I watched Storage Wars. It wasn't so bad, but I thought I'm pretty sure those uh, um, those lockers were rigged for the show. What? Yeah. I'm not I'm sorry, I'm blow blowing your mind right now, Squeezer, but pretty sure uh those those were, were rigged. I, I know it's hard to believe, but I think yeah, that's okay. how television two thousand to two thousand three. It was originally called Scrap Heap Challenge in uh the UK. Oh. We steal their best shows. Scrap Heap Challenge. I think they try to steal our shows and then when they realize they suck. I go back to the drawing board. Uh, they realize they just can't. The 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 thirty frames to the twenty five frames just doesn't work for them. Um, so today, uh, Purple Stuff Podcast released their uh, monthly podcast, and it was on soda, and it got me thinking. Like, I wish I would have put junk food. I did all my research like three weeks ago for nineties. I had it all lined mm-hmm. up for you. And it was because uh, because we were watching employee training videos, uh, a Crystal Pepsi yes. employee training video showed up in my feed. And I watched it and I got thinking, I got some new stuff on Crystal Pepsi. But the problem was because we made everyone else who watches our show watch training videos, it showed up in a lot of other people's feeds. So this thing was posted two years ago, but every person on the planet with a retro Instagram that follows us Mm-hmm. Started posting this video now, and I'm like, oh no! <laughs> it, I mean, it only showed up in my feed because we were watching employee training videos, and then it started obviously showing up in everyone else's feed who watched the same employee training videos with us. And then, like, I see, oh, I had that's posting it, like it's a new thing they found, and and other people are posting. I'm like, no, they're ru- <laughs> why did I make junk food the last <laughs> fucking '90s <laughs> thing we're talking Late. about? Too late to the game. Uh, I, I created my own monster. Uh, our, I mean, I'm not saying our show made this video popular, but our, our show, because we did that show, it brought it in. It, this, this video that someone posted two years ago, it brought it into everyone's algorithm. So people automatically, if, you see, if you're like us, 
you see a Crystal Pepsi employee training video, you're going to fucking watch it. And I was like, I'm going to hold off post it till I do the show. And everyone else was like, <laughs> smart enough to be like, I'm going to post this right now. This is awesome. Uh, and so uh, I- I've been seeing that uh, everywhere. Um, but I will never take credit for it being something I discovered. It was posted by Consumer Time Capsule uh, two years ago. But I will take credit. We will take credit, Squeezer, for it showing up in all of your algorithms. <laughs> it was our fault. And and I while I will take credit for that, I will also say sorry for all the other weird videos uh, that showed up in your algorithms. Oh, yeah. man. Mine doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, no. Yeah, Collector Cav said it was on his too. Yeah, it showed up on everyone's because we watched that grocery store video. Ah. Uh, and it's like, up next, here's this. And then I just screwed myself by waiting too long. I'm still going to talk about it, goddammit. So watch it and then hear me regurgitate all that information to you in two weeks when <laughs> we finally talk about it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Purple Stuff Podcast, they did soda. And they were talking about, obviously, a Holiday Spice Pepsi. Pepsi Blue. Um, I didn't finish it yet, but hubba bubba. Uh, do you remember... Oh, uh, I just oh, there's a new. Uh, did you see this one? What? Kmart Smart Plan sales VHS video. Yeah, yeah, that's in my algorithm too. Yep. Yeah, that just po- I just went in the check and it's all these are just popping up yep. now. Um, it's a beautiful thing. I know it's it's actually. I'm gonna keep click even if I don't watch them right away. I'm just gonna keep clicking just so it kind of <laughs> overwhelms it and you break the mind, the hive mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Joe, we're all certified to work as an 80s, early 90s grocery store clerk at some obscure Midwest grocery store. Ha- Hammerman put probably a bunch of shitty animation. That's how we got <laughs> probably a lot of the sh- random shows we watch. I'm like, oh, what's this? <laughs> huh. Oh, you like garbage shows. Here's here's more <laughs> garbage. Have more. But yeah, they're talking about Hubba Bubba cereal. Uh, I'm sorry, soda. And I've I've seen and also he talked about <gasps> a Chuck E. Cheese orientation video. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Uh you watched it? Yeah. Um what do you think I do at night squeezer? Nine essential woodworking joints. Oh that's right up your alley. Ooh, a crystal Pepsi employee training video. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Um so, also, Matt brought up something I don't even remember. Do you remember that when Crystal Pepsi was a thing, uh, Tab Clear was a thing? They made a clear version of Tab? Only in hindsight. Like, I don't recall it at the time. Uh, so, like, you've, you've read about it in, in research? Yes. I haven't. I don't, I never heard of this before. And I'm like, I got to fucking research this like crazy because I had no idea there was a second clear cola i know that um in 2018 uh japan released the coca-cola clear but japan does all sorts of weird shit so it's not the same but i had no idea that tab and apparently according and and clear colas is not the limit yeah right uh it's not the only thing you could get out of a vending machine that's weird in fucking japan uh but also from what um dinosaur dracula researched it was mainly available in cans, also two liters, two liter bottles, but they released it primarily to like hinder the Crystal Pepsi market. 
They wanted people to think that uh, all crystal colas were kind of like fucking stupid. Like if you drink, like if you're an old lady or like an, a, a woman who has a, on a diet who drinks tab, that's what crystal Pepsi's for. They wanted you to think it was a diet soda. That apparently that was the reason they re- Coca Cola released Tab Clear. Ah, clever girls. Right. That's, some, that's some offensive shit, right? Right. There. It's very horrible and offensive and stereotyping. <laughs> And Not offensive in that I meant like offensive, like going on the offense, like I, they took I, a shot at him. I think it's offensive and offensive because to, offensive. to assume that just because it's a diet nowadays, like I, I hate one that like a variant soda comes out and there's no diet version of it. I'm like, God damn it. I can't drink that because it's too sweet. I can't. I have like a teensy little sip and I'm like, <laughs> you know, um, but, there, you know, so to, to insinuate that, oh, only diet. Like sissy drinkers would want this. I wouldn't mind. I want to. I want to taste a version with just less sugar. Like not not because like me like with juice or like that. That was a like thing. Like, Rem- remember um, the Atkins craze? They had C two. Um. What what was C two? C two was Coca Cola two. C two. I, I think don't it was called C two. It was a lower sugar uh, Coca Cola for the Atkins craze and. From that came Coke Zero because they released Coke Zero around the same time. C two uh-huh. died. Coke Zero became yeah, but Coke Coke Zero is just the same shit as Diet Coke. Just I'd rather have the natural sugar than whatever the fucking chemicals are that. No, I mean, C- either way, C two Coke Coca Cola C two had like half fake shit in it. Hold on. Oh well, just just let me try it with just half the sugar. Don't put any fake shit in. Just cut the sugar. And I might be okay, cause like if I get a glass of orange juice, like if I'm at home, like I put water in it. It's just too sweet for me. I like it thinned out. It's I drank juicy juice as a kid, so I'm used to watered down fucking juice. Uh, okay, so Coke. Uh, it was a cola. C two was a cola flavored beverage. Blah 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 blah. It was in response to the low carb diet trend. The Coke product was marketing as having half the carbs, sugars, and calories compared to standard Coca-Cola. It contained, and then uh, they realized like this was popular. Why don't they just make a Coke, a zero version of the Coca-Cola? Because that's not what Diet Coke is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but Diet Coke just t- doesn't taste anything like Coke. That's why I don't get how right. you can it, even call it, it Diet Coke. Because it's it's a diet version of Coke. New Coke. Yeah, it's, I, I think it tastes like shit. Right, but. it's horrible. Coke Zero is delicious and the nectar yes. of the gods. Diet Coke. I like it because I, I don't get the grittiness on my teeth. Yeah, exactly. Coke Zero is delicious. So, so good. Although, uh, you get a pounding headache and you pop a couple a couple aspirin and pound of Coke and it feel like a million bucks. Yeah, right. so. um, but uh, uh, also, the I like the the Pepsi Zero Sugar too. The black it was called Pepsi Max. I still call it Pepsi Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 black label Diet Colas are the best ones. They use like the actual uh, recipe of the regular soda and, and and fill it with deadly chemicals instead of a a, a second recipe. I I say that I don't like like sugary sodas, but I was a big fan of Mountain Dew Code Red. <laughs> oh come on. 
So I don't know how that works out. I want, but. I want, uh, I, until like the day they discontinued it, I drank Mountain Dew Code Red, Diet Mountain Dew Code Red, like it was going out of style. I fucking love Diet Mountain Dew Code Red. If they would bring it back, oh no, not the I diet, would not the diet. No, shit. the diet. You gotta straight up. Um, your eyes roll back in your head, like they go yeah. cross-eyed when you drink that shit. It, yeah, it's it's like Shirley. And Temple. they had and they they had a yeah, it was like a Shirley Temple. Yeah, yeah. Scrooge. And they had a cool Xbox promotion too. Yeah, and Collector Kev says, uh, and you remember in Scrooge, he mixes his vodka with Tab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hundred thirty-four years. That's how old Coca-Cola is. Good lord. Anyway. Uh, Dinosaur Drac was telling a story and it kind of mirrored a story I told before. He said that no matter what, when they would get a, a jolt cola, like one sip of it would cause them to act like they were bouncing off the walls. And that's exactly what we did when we drank jolt cola as kids. We'd drink it and we acted like we were like raving fucking lunatics. Like my uncle would buy it. For, we would do campouts at my uncle's house when my cousins from Florida are up. So there are my two cousins, my cousin Matt, and me and my brother, and we'd all camp out in his backyard once a summer. And they'd buy us Jolt Cola, and we'd have, like, one sip of it and act like we were, like, bouncing off the walls. Like, it was it was, it was. You think it was it? Was it really that amount of the sugar in the caffeine? No, 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 no. Or was no. it kind of, like, psychosomatic? No, no. We were just putting on airs. Ah, it was gotcha. It was totally fake. And But we oh. acted like, like, like the, the idea of it. And, you know, in, in a, a typical can of Monster that I drink every day, there's more caffeine than a Jolt Cola. But back then, mm-hmm. like, there wasn't Monster or Red Bull or anything. What's up, Ismail? Ish in the house. Um, I hope you're having a better night, man. I know it's a, he says it's a crazy night, but I hope it gets better. Uh, um, anyway, yeah. So that's I, I, I listened to that. I have to finish the whole thing. But check out Purple Stuff Podcast. If you like our podcast, you'll like Purple Stuff Podcast. Talking soda. Uh, but that gave me an episode for the future for us. The soda episode. <laughs> the soda episode. Great artists. They call that they call that sampling in the uh, music industry. No, good artists borrow, great artists steal. So you know, we, uh, even, so we'll just even though like like listening to the purple stuff for that first few months was what was like. Oh, we sh- I was going to do the YouTube show. I'm like, we should do a podcast. Um, you know, we are co- we owe it all to i owe everything of my love of the retro stuff to matt from xe days to dinosaur dracula but you know we did our our dick tracy episode first before they did so i'm just saying (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding Uh, do not ever say they copied us uh anyway uh what are we what's our we're 90s music tonight yeah todd all right, squeezer. What was Todd's soda of choice? I was Man, ga- this thing took on a life of its own. I was gonna start the show tonight by saying, like, welcome to the Todd episode. I don't even I wasn't even paying attention when this thing happened and all of a sudden it's Todd everything. They decided they decided to make it their own. I love that. I do too. Poor bastard. Oh, Collective Kev found us all through purple stuff. Algorithm is doing its job well. Oh, yes. Yes. That's a good algorithm. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm trying to get further from the mic when I do Vince so I don't blow people's speakers out. Oh, you're very kind. I'm trying. 
Monto. And then you gotta then you gotta drop it while it's potted up so it get that nice popping sound. Just fake it. Um not, no, I'm sorry, Montel Williams, this is how we do it. But listen, Ish, we have lots of these to do, all right? When we do nineties music part two, part three, part four, part five, part seven. We, yeah, you had to remind me yeah. that. What I Squeezer comes can, in every day. He's like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting myself with. The, I'm like, Squeezer, these aren't superlatives. Pick five I, things. I spent about five <laughs> hours last night just going through shit. All right, pick five things. And then, like, I had a list, and then I had to like basically threw it out and started from scratch. And then, even as I'm sending them, I made like two changes, like at like ten fifteen. Yeah, these aren't superlatives. These aren't necessarily the best things about '90s music. These are just 10 things we like in this show. Next show we'll uh, book- Not even. But we'll <laughs> say interesting because my, my first pick is kind of painful. Oh, no. I was spitting the mic. Um, yeah, well, you know, my picks are all wonderful. So sorry, Squeezer. Mm. Well, my, mine's wonderful in, with the, the backstory is wonderful. Who goes first get this it, week? Backstory. Um, I don't uh, get it, but. I think I go first, right? Let's fucking A. Let's have Squeezer go first. Here is Squeezer. Why, why not? Why not start it off with? Uh, What's the... up, Ross? Um, Ghostbusters. There you go. I'm, I'm about to ruin everyone's night. Let's All right, everybody. Check. Let's start the show. Uh, some fifty hours into the uh, forty-one minutes in. That's a. That's a. Uh, this oh, is wow. That that's like two rambles, and it was all incoherent babbling. It's Radio's baby. Here's Squeezer's first pick. It's tearing up my oh. <laughs> I purposely even picked this one because when you hear it, you're gonna fucking put a Q tip through your fucking ear. <sighs> I should have known not to play the boy bands. Go. Wait for the beat drop. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry I didn't hear that. Hey. <laughs> hey. So this isn't even about them. Um, we all, look, look. It's one of those, can you listen to any of this now? Like in hindsight, like looking back nostalgia-wise, do you have anything for it? Nope. Do you have any respect for any of it? Or like, oh, you'll hear nope. it just because. Look, Ishmael, just hang on. I'll get there. All right. This involves pedophiles and Ponzi schemes. So it gets good. Trust me. Um, there's some, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's cause I'm Mrs. Squeezer. She was a big O-Town fan. Like she was, what is O-Town? Like, what's that? What is O-Town? O-Town was the follow up to Backstreet Boys and NSYNC with, remember making the band? Nope. It was a reality show. Hmm. And it was another attempt to try to, uh, make more money off of this whole Thing. Yes, this is Todd's pick. All right, here we go. This is, I'm not talking about NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, all that horseshit. Can we talk about, about that guy named Lou who molested all of them? I'm talking about their record producer, Lou Pearlman. Lou Pearlman, yeah. Um, Not related to uh, Rhea Pearlman or Ron he, Pearlman, but related to Art Garfunkel. Lou Pearlman, um, he looks like him too. Lou Pearlman was the guy I was trying to remember when we were talking about um, that Abercrombie and Fitch song guy. Yes, uh, he he, mole- he molested that, LFO, that guy, right? Yeah, yeah, Alifo. He molested yes. that guy. Yes. yes, he did. Um, fucking Lou. Uh, 
not not uh Dustin uh which is the dead Dustin not Dustin Hoffman but the other one Dustin the uh, twister guy Dustin. not Dustin Reynolds Dustin Dustin Reynolds is a what who is Capote oh uh Philip Seymour Hoffman Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah, same thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks. Uh, uh, Nick Lachey was in 98 Degrees, which was the only band, a boy band, that this guy didn't uh, produce. Um, oh, he didn't get molested anyway, by Lou? What's that? I, I don't know why I just uh, ripped that off so fast off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> kind of disappointed in myself right there with my knowledge. Um <laughs> <coughs> uh, where was I going with this? Unless they wore flannels and and were mopey, I didn't listen to them in the nineties. Uh, especially, I especially that like angry chick music was on my list, and uh, I, I was a big uh, Fiona Apple fan too, so it was kind of disappointing. Squeezers uh, are Dustin from Stranger Things. Yeah, I am. He's got curly uh, hair. Anyway, Philip Seymour basically knows how to use a compass. Still alive. I hear you. I am the, the Dustin in the group, uh, making shit up about not real girlfriends. Um, <laughs> and uh, but like it, 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 uh, Dustin Seymour Hoffman were Philip uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman were to like be alive, like he would star as this guy. Like he's perfect. Anyway, I, I came across. I gotta this. rape I your family. I'm gonna rape them. I'm gonna rape them all. Uh. uh there, I well, the other night we were up and like Mrs. Squeeze and I actually sat down and like watched TV together for the first time in four years, Aww. and it was a we watched Twenty Twenty. Um, Twenty Twenty. Did you know? Did you know? Uh, Hugh Downs just passed away. No. Like, well, I meant to talk about it last week. He passed away only last week. He was like ninety nine, I think. Damn, is Barbara Walters still yeah. on Twenty Twenty? No, no, she's not with it anyway. But and I wanted to get in the thing with that, like in the nineties, like. I might find a way to fit it in. Like, 2020 was huge to me. Like, yeah, be because, that, like. because it came on after and, fucking uh, TGIF. And it was like my mom would watch it, and it was like a bonding thing, and it made me feel smart. Even though it really was a, like just a really glossed-up rag magazine. That is weird. Still, I feel the same way about 2020. I watched it, and I felt smart. I felt sophisticated and old watching yes. it. I didn't watch 60 Minutes because that's what old people watch. But 2020. No, 20, 2020. Yeah, exactly. That was on ABC. Yeah. 2020's ABC, right? Yes. Because yes. it came on. Minutes with CBS. Because 2020 yeah, came, came on, on after, at night. It came on after TGIF. Yes. Yeah, that's why we yeah. watched it. It was, a, it was a great lead in and we would stick around and watch it. Because uh, anyway, we sat and we watched 2020 because they did a whole special on Lou Perlman. And because at first we we're flipping through and I'm like flipping through the channels and we see fucking Justin Timberlake and she's like, oh, my God. So we have to stop. And then I'm watching it and realize um, it was a, it was all about Lou Perlman. And this story is fucking awesome. This guy scumbags of the scumbag. And he basically built an entire Ponzi scheme and spread it over a number of industries and used one fake business to run another fake business. And all these guys like Backstreet Boys in sync, they got jack shit. They got no money for the longest time until they had to sue. Um, and then he was indicted charged and they had to go. I think it was like Morocco. They finally tracked him down or no, I'm sorry. 
he uh thailand i think he was in thailand anyway we're let's just say of course he was in thailand of course he was in fucking thailand it was definitely thailand it was definitely thailand if you know what i mean um anyway the guy um, from uh, lfo told the story about lou on howard stern that's all i know john stossel by the way um no no i yeah i know what you're in 2020 john stossel yeah for context yeah. but the guy from lfo who died he told the story of lou on howard stern and he said lou would like call them in the middle of the night and profess his love to them yep like yep. a like um, a, a poor pathetic bitch that he is in love with straight boy band guys who he I, lets I'm not gonna, blow them so yeah i'm not gonna try to blow this whole thing because i suggest if you got an hour because you're you're not lou and this thing is in boy bands <laughs> um there there's um a 2020 special on it. Lance Bass directed a documentary about him. That's supposed to be really good. I want to check out. And uh, there's also an American Greed episode. I didn't get to watch yet, but I mean, it's fucking Stacy Keach. So, of course, I'm going to go back and uh, fucking watch that. But this guy produced some of the biggest bands at the time. I mean, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were two monsters. Whether you liked it or not, they were. And See-ish. he even had at one point Britney Spears under contract for a girl group, and she backed out and got out of there just in time. Um, I'm sure he didn't put up much of a fight uh, on that one. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Also, she's clearly sane, and she's sane enough to know when she's in a bad deal. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, she definitely doesn't have her dad still watching over her, even though she's a year older than me. <laughs> Um, oh, oh, bye, Ishmael. I said that. I said later, Ish. Um, but yeah, yeah, go do yourself a favor. I'm, I don't want to do yourself a favor and go look up how this guy molested boys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not just that his Ponzi schemes, his bankruptcies, his, this, this guy was a piece of shit because he was just ripping off like average people too. He had a whole um, insurance scam he was running. I mean, like it is, it, it's he the, was the wolf of pedo street. Of, yeah. Uh, it, it's look for American greed. It's called the boy band mogul. Uh, it was in the third season and go watch that. Cause fucking Stacy Keach. And um, he's dead now. So we can all take solace in that. Yeah. That's what, um, the the guy on uh, Howard, or no, you know what? I don't know if he was dead at that point, but he's like fucking Lou. He just wanted to blow these uh, boy band guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't want to blow the boy yeah. band guys? He got to though. Yeah. All you young girls who just were like, oh, I'm so in love with. You give me a name. Who would you just say? Um. Joey Fatone. I'm so in love with Joey Fatone, and I would love to blow him. Lou was living that dream, baby, all day. Oh, I don't think anyone said that. <laughs> Every day. Uh, what? You, no girls walked around saying, or guys. I mean, uh, I'm not being. No, I don't. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Joey Fatone, just because. Joey uh, Fatone. You know, we, Who is Joey we Fatone? Stick, we stick together. You know, our, our kind. What do you mean, um, our kind? Fill me in. What am I missing? I don't know who we're talking he was, about. He he became the husky one. Oh. 
Remember when they tried to make uh, the military tried to make Bart and his friends a boy band? On the yes. Yeah. It's about as as much as I know about boy bands. Yeah. But yeah, we're not getting into boy bands. We're talking piece of shit, Lou Pearlman. Lou Pearlman. Oh, well, that that's a good '90s music. Um, so I wanted to uh, talk about some weird '90s stuff. My first one might sound a little weird, but stay with it. You might remember this hit from 1994. I've been practicing in my mind. What about cast the Remember the song Lucas with the Lid Off by Lucas. <laughs> I had this on Casingle. I was I thought I was so fucking cool in 1994. Remember Casingle Squeezer? Casingle I don't remember. I wasn't cool enough. A Casingle was something you could go inside of a uh, a store squeezer, a uh, a wall. And you could buy one of their overpriced albums and 30 pounds of plastic and take it up to the front and show your ID, give a little blood and um, a fingerprint and get a copy of it. Or you could, for like two bucks, buy a single that was in a cardboard sleeve and wrapped in cellophane that had one song and a B-side maybe on it. Oh. Uh, it was called the Casingle. Oh, yeah, I had so I had the single for Lucas. Like I, I had the single of Adam's Family Groove. Ah, there you go, the single. So yeah. um, eventually they would start putting them on CDs, but this was still the cassette. So Lucas with the Lid Off is a 1994 song by Danish rapper Lucas, otherwise known as Lucas Seacon. I believe this was his only hit song. It was off his album Lucas Centric. And it featured a sample from the 1935 Benny Goodman song, When Buddha Smiles. Uh, it was a huge hit in the U.S. It reached number 29 on the Billboard Hot 100 and 22 on the Modern Rock tra- Charts. I believe what tipped me off to this song and music video was the show on FX called Sound Effects, hosted by OJ Orlando Jones and a woman, I can't remember her name, but she's pretty popular orlando jones went to mad tv but they hosted this music video show on fx back when before fx became fx which was called sound effects uh the music video for the song was actually directed by a french filmmaker a little known french filmmaker known as michael gondry uh michael gondry would go on to do so many cool fucking things um uh you know, we all know who Michael Gondry is, right, Squeezer? Mm-hmm. He would, Michael Gondry would work with Bjork, famously Daft Punk, uh, the Chemical Brothers, Kylie Minogue, the White Stripes. Um, he directed uh, The Science of Sleep, Be Kind, Rewind, uh, um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I, he kind of fell off the face of the planet. Um, 
Oh, Karen Bryant? Karen Bryant, yep. Karen Bryant, yep. She's, um... She does a lot of stuff now. Yeah, she was uh, with the Uf- she was with the UFC for a while. Yes, uh, she was with the UFC. Fox. Yeah. Yep. Karen Bryant did uh, with O. They called him OJ, but it was Orlando Jones. Yeah, and that was like my first entry because I wasn't allowed to watch MTV Squeezer. It was blocked, so my first like mm-hmm. entry into music videos and like pop music outside of Catholic school, and this this opened the door, this floodgates for what the rest of my picks would be was sound effects and Lucas and Lucas at the lid off. I was like, could I buy this? And there was no parental warning or anything. And my mom was like, sure. And it, there's nothing offensive about it. It's a nice song. I still like it. It's, I, I don't know why I don't have this on my playlist now. It's a fun song. Mm-hmm. But uh, Lucas and Lucas with the lid off uh, was very 90s to me. And it's the first thing that came to my mind when I said 90s music. It was the first thing I sent to you. So Lucas with the lid off. Uh, by Lucas, my first pick. Squeezer, here is your yeah. first pick. Free your mind. Oh. En Vogue again. Yes. Yeah. Oh shit. How many times am I gonna do this? What? Hey, I don't sk- worry about it. I skipped. I skipped one here. Eh, we'll get back there. It all works. I'm rolling with it. Yeah, this actually makes kind of sense. Um. We we so, we. It's it's like the scale of shitty music in the '90s. We go from hey. most shitty to the least shitty. But still shitty. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What? New metal? <laughs> oh, hey, shut up. <laughs> uh, so, this. En Vogue was huge early on. And, I mean, and this song came out, this was about 92, I want to say. Free Your Mind came out. And at that point, I was, what, nine? And I was very much influenced by my dad's musical choices. I listened to all his stuff. Your so dad, your dad was a big En Vogue guy? Pink Floyd. No, he, was, he wasn't. He <laughs> uh, like, was Like, I was like nine years old and I'm in like Mike and the Mechanics and shit like that. Uh, and I'm not saying I'm complaining. I'm still a fan and, you know, big Dire Straits fan, all that stuff. Um, but there wasn't a huge exposure to me to the music that I would then go on to, you know, associate myself with the alternative, the grunge thing to weird, eclectic, wherever the fuck my tastes go. But, and I think the thing is it started here because we listened to, like, my, I go everywhere with my mom, and if I was with my dad, we we're listening, like, that stuff, like, older stuff. And if my, with my mom, we we're listening, like, the top 40 or, you know, B104, whatever gotcha. the hell is going on. Or with my sister, and she's listening to it. It's like my first real introduction like to a band or anything that I got into. I would say like In Vogue was my first band. What I don't know I like the only thing I know In Vogue for is being the girls on the corner from Batman Forever. Oh. No, their videos are awesome. I don't like what other songs Anderson, they have beside this. Uh My Lovin'. What's that? Uh, the never gonna get it, never gonna oh, yeah, get yeah, it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. And that's it? Uh, Hold on. Don't know that one. Don't let go. Mm. I look it up. Okay. Anyway, it's good. <laughs> um, Remember, Catholic school yeah. blocked out a lot of pop culture for oh, me. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, they, this video is fucking awesome. Um, and it, it's them like on a runway, and it, it's fucking. I mean, it was like basically it was like the closest thing to porn too that I'd uh, ever seen at that uh, time. Yeah, I, um, there's a good chance that I've, also helped. There's a good chance I've done something bad to myself to this. Yeah. Um, and also like for for a pop group, for like an R&B girls pop group. Like the guitarists on this were like very crossover, and it brought me in. You know, I'm like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Uh, and I still to this day, I got my En Vogue playlist. I'm not gonna deny it. I am a fan. Um, the video produced by Mark Romanek, and that's how you know it's awesome because this guy worked with Nine Inch Nails, so he did the video for Closer. Mm. Uh, he he did the video. He did hurt for Johnny Cash. Um, oh, he did just, criminal. We're 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 rewatching uh, Rick and Morty, and I just the one of the best uses of hurt, not Johnny Cash, but the Nine Inch Nails one is the end of season mm-hmm. two, when Rick's giving himself up to the Galactic Federation. Ah, uh, I watched hurt the. I watched the video last night, and I think I almost I I was like kind of weepy. It's fucking brutal. I still like the Nine Inch Nails version better than everyone's like really jerks, jerks off to the Johnny oh. Cash version, but I still like the Nine Inch Nails version better. I I think also because he died right away is what made it better. <laughs> oh yeah, I I, I I it hurts to say, but it it adds a lot more weight to it. That's good. Uh, oh, you feel you feel it. Do you feel it? You feel it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. If if Vince could kill a guy <laughs> to get someone over, he would. Hey, pal. Uh, let's hey. get to Jim Johnson and get a good song for it. Yeah, put this blue cape on and uh. Hey, pal. Uh, put this blue cape on. We're gonna kill you. Too soon. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so a uh, nine-year-old little squeezer, and uh, yeah, I found um. That's I found my my first like group that I was into for a while, and it was it was it was En Vogue. So you found En Vogue, I found Aerosmith. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I, En Vogue was against God, I think. So in Catholic school, I don't think the nuns would have appreciated I don't me. Think they were really against God. No, I'm saying against. Oh, not, they're they're in, well against yes. Catholic school, uh, middle school teachers. So. Uh, successful independent black women. Oh my God. <laughs> my, my, I got the vapor squeezer. <laughs> oh, sorry, I don't want to offend you. <laughs> you did it, but it, uh, the sister Marie Juliana just whacked my knuckles for getting <laughs> You sli- felt that. Getting slightly. It was like, fan- like phantom pains. Like when my, my grandmother, right. she's sitting there with her no leg and I was like, ow. Like what? She's like, my leg hurts. I'm like, you don't have one. She saw me getting slightly erect over it and whacked me. Huh? Oh, oh, I thought you meant 
because after you got whacked, then you get. See, you know what? Well, I, it's I, it's a give and take squeezer. It it's starts, a give and take, yeah. And then it fi- it helps and it's it. Like, it's perpetual motion. You keep getting whacked, and it keeps getting bigger. And then time goes on. The only way you can finish is with a good roller whacking. <laughs> the only way you could finish good squeezer. I like TLC too, but I was still a bigger Infolk fan. Oh, nothing on that. Well, oh, sorry, I was reading the comment. Uh, you, fuck, I'll go back and re-listen. I won't. All right. Uh, oh I'm shit! Sorry. I've been missing. What'd you the say? You can because nothing makes humor work like repeating something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I was just making jokes about the only way I could finish is with the good roller whacking. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's see. Just reading up. They use Johnny Casher for Eddie Guerrero's Rama Memorial after he died. Oh, I didn't know that. Ah, nah. Right, were the nuns in Catholic school like the nuns in Problem Child? Uh, no, there was this one nun. We only had two nuns. Sister Anne, who was a pent-up lesbian who had a crush on my mom. She was the principal. And Sister Marie Juliana, who was the second grade teacher and was a clueless old hag. She loved my brother because my brother was a subservient cuck back in high and. I love him now. He's awesome. But he refused to do anything or, or have any fun in grade school. And when I got to second grade, she just kept complaining to my mom, why can't Ryan be more like his older brother? He's such a little fucking cunt rag. When you can get your nun to call you a fucking cunt rag. <laughs> Wait, she said that? It's a joke from uh, Chasing Amy. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's been I haven't seen I. I haven't seen Chasing Amy in like 15 years. She, the, she did hate me, and I constantly said to my mom, why can't I be more like my brother? I was a little yeah. dickhole. Still am kind of a dickhole, but I was a real little dickhole. I was Rage Against the Machine. Like I, I love watching the videos when people like discover that Rage Against the Machine is political. Like As soon as yeah. I discovered their music, I, I said last night, I, what I said last night, you didn't even give me a laugh last night. Uh, sorry, I was busy. I, I like, didn't see it until like one in the morning. Did you at least laugh at the end of I it? I did. Yeah. Okay, good. I did. It's all true. <laughs> I was so angry as a kid. I was I was so into the grunge and Rage Against the Machine and social movements and uh, I don't know. I I I, made, I don't remember it when I was in second grade with Sister Maria Juliana. The fuck it. Apparently our our bus driver was a cunt and I had a. Uh, Shit, that's twice now you dropped the C bomb. Well. Uh, it's, wow! Uh, it's from Chasing Amy. Okay. She, she so goes, "How bad?" So it's okay. She goes to him, "How bad did it get?" She I'm goes, gonna start quoting Birth of a Nation. Then. <laughs> did, did, did you ever hear a small uh, a nun call a small child a fucking comrade? <laughs> anyway, our, I'm sorry. Our <laughs> I just I go back. I keep thinking about you calling your brother a subservient cock. <laughs> cock, yeah. Because <laughs> you wouldn't give Sister Marie Juliana a hard time. You fucking cock. Um, <laughs> You're not a complete asshole. (laughs) No, I am tonight. He, uh, so she was a fat old hag bitch. Does that do any better? And she was just angry. Talking about invoke here. But (laughs) I had a petition started to get her kicked off, and I had everyone sign it, and I turned it into the principal. I don't remember doing this, but they all laughed and thought it was funny. I'm like, it's a fucking legal document, you bitch. (laughs) And they, and they kicked you out. Yeah, right? I was like two principals later. She did not like me. 
the lesbian nun did like me because she liked my mom, but. Okay, uh, Joe wants me to doing my dad talking about the nun who had a crushing wrong. Oh, uh, Ryan, uh, did you notice that your mother uh, was giggling a little too much at Sister Anne uh, in the parent-teacher meeting? Uh, I'm not saying uh, there's anything going on, but uh, she did uh, have your her hand on your mom's leg the entire time, and I did not. And uh, I asked that if they wanted to go to Wawa afterwards, and they said they were going to go uh, get their own drink, and uh, I don't know. Do uh, you think anything's fishy? <laughs> Sounds fishy, all right, Dad. <laughs> Ah, we got weird here. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> I blame Joe and the, the rest of the group. And quite frankly, Scoozer, I blame you. Your job is to keep me grounded. Let me go off. Uh, the... uh, we're talking. We're talking in vogue here, Squeeze. You pick. You picked something too hot. Uh, I... Too hot button. So- sorry. <laughs> It's such a hot button topic in Vogue. Anyway, continue. God. No, I'm good. We can we can move on. That was the uh, the beginnings of my uh my varying tastes and uh, really I pretty much listen to everything except fucking well, No, I don't even country, want to say country. Say it, I like con- no. No. That pop country. That CMT country I can't fucking take. That's Con- it. Country music. I never got into it. Yeah, give me some Chris Christopherson. I'll do that, but not that fucking tractor sexy bullshit. Um, there's only one like con- like southern rock, not country, like uh Lucero like, like chill kind of thing or Yeah, like guitars and singing and being drunk. Yeah. Uh, well that's most music. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, um, we are going to take a quick break because I just took down three beers in my giant mug. And I can't tell. I kind of got really worked up over uh, nuns yeah. in, <laughs> in Catholic school <laughs> and in Vogue. It's really in Vogue's fault. It's, we could all agree it's Squeezer's fault, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, the whole group agrees. It's Well, let's, you know what? Let's blame Todd. Yeah. Todd. Fucking Todd. So I'm going to leave you with some... Uh, Todd. Not- Nice music from the game Maximum Carnage. And we'll be right back after these messages. And if you think it's going to get any better, I'm just getting more beers. So we're just getting started. We're only two picks in, kids. We'll be right back. Oh, boy. Oh, there it is. I was asking everyone if my mic was up. No. So, um... Is there a way... I'm not an audio engineer, and not, uh, does anyone know, like, thinking, if we record me chewing, like, a mouthful of Cheez-Its, <laughs> we bring Joel in, and we can record that, and then use it to isolate it, and there, and then cancel it out, oh, that yeah. I can sit here and just eat Cheez-Its all show, um... Because that was that was quite pleasant. I just jammed my hand in the box and oh, you didn't, that picture you didn't have you to use... was adorable, by the way, with you like your hand stuck in the mouse trap. Oh, I know. You didn't have that to. That was me too. You didn't have to uh, use the bathroom. I did. I but the box is sitting right there on the counter. You know, it's like like in our house, it's like it's like jelly beans at Easter. It's like you know, cheese. It's just sit there. Yeah, I, I fight with my four year old over him. Yeah, we're the same. Like I and she's so fucking clever. Like I'll be standing <laughs> there, and, like 
with a box of cheese that's in my hand. I'm just eating them. And she'll just come. It's like, hey, daddy. And she'll just take it out of my hand. And I don't think anything of it while I'm talking. Next thing I know, I'm like reaching for it. I'm like, where are my fucking cheeses? And she's like in the sitting there on the couch watching Doc fucking McStuffins and just, you know, cramming Cheez-Its into her mouth because it's the fucking greatest. I'm eating pretzels. Pretzel mm. crisps. Honey mustard. That, that, that's onion. good for podcasting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just drank the ass. And I made another cup of coffee. I just drank the ass of my beer, so I had to... Um... Mm. Something salty. <laughs> I just had uh, something salty, so I'm going to go get oh, it. Oh, poor Zane. Zane said he, he managed to make it for a live show once. And he has no clue what we're talking. I, I, I kind of went off the rails. I was thinking while I was paying, we need to get one of those crusty uh, technical difficulties. Please stand by things for when I, when I start getting inappropriate and going off the rails. Yeah, now that we're live. I, I think it was a good time to take a break and rein it back in a little bit. Let's slow it down. All right, if you insist. But I, I thought I was on a roll I there. Don't, I don't insist. I mean, maybe a few less C-bombs. I mean, it, we're, <laughs> we're close to hitting our... Our, our three are not, it's not a hard rule, but we try not to drop it three times per show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just quoting the dear Kevin Smith. I know. Yeah. In hindsight, like I said, it's been a while since I saw Chasing Amy. All right. Here is my next pick for 90s music, everybody. Oh. Regulators. We regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. You gotta be handy with the steal, if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mauna! It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warmer G was on the streets, trying to consume some skirts for the E. So I could get some phones, rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LBC, on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Seen a car full of girls, ain't no need to tweak. All of you search, know what's up with 213. So I hooked select on 21 and Lewis, some brothers shooting dice. So I said, let's do this. I jumped out the rock and said, what's up? Some brothers pulled some gas, so I said, I'm stuck. Since these girls peeping me, I'm on glide and swerve. These hookers looking so hard, they straight hit the curve. Want a bigger, better than some horny tricks I see my homie and some suckers all in his mix I'm getting jacked I'm breaking myself I can't believe Hey, this song Who doesn't love this song? Oh, it's Warren G. Regulate Warren G. Anything that quotes Young Guns is okay with me Yeah, it starts off with a little Young Gun quote um, The dialogue straight from the movie They didn't even uh, say it But the music video is from Above the Rim uh, with Tupac, the Shakur in it. Uh, this song was in 1994. Was one of my favorite. I also had the single, but I wound up getting the whole tape of this album. Uh, squeezer. It was. Uh, I think the album was called Regulate G Funk Era. And um, I know this because I saw Warren G in concert at Firefly. And I sang along with every single song he played because he really only had one album. Had along like, with the other 15-year-olds? No, they were just sat there taking this. selfies and social media posts and making drop snaps and uh, chatbacks. <laughs> uh, why I was singing along like, Do you see what I see every day with Warren G? And embarrassing the shit out of Enchantress. 
Uh, she was singing along too. Don't let her fool you. Uh, we all know these songs. Like, like this is like Warren G was the king to us. I met Warren G. He, um, I was doing a Snoop Dogg show, and Warren G's his his uh, cousin, and he's also his DJ, and he's also his sound, his his uh, tech guy. So I'm like, like get, get how here. fucked up is that? Yeah, they're like, get here for a Snoop Dogg sound check, and it's Warren G. He's like, what's up, Warren G? I'm like, oh hey, he goes, he goes, what kind of what video resolution you run? And I'm like, whatever you want, whatever you send me, I'll run. He's like, all right, I'll drop a line for you back here because he had he had a mix, a video mix coming from his his uh, DJ setup. So yeah, I wanted to be like, dude, I fucking love you. So let's let's call up the lyrics here. Uh, Warren G. Regulate lyrics. Yeah, See, we're gonna this talk is one about all the things. crimes they commit in the song. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one of those things. But you'll you'll read this, and it's like important to me. Like I need to introduce my kid eventually to important th- things I find important and like one of the best songs my ever. music and my movies and this is one like she has to hear this and and know the song like it's like it's my job well, you know with the gangsters and like but at what point is like you don't want to go too late where she's like the, the lame kid like oh you just found this out now but it's like it is like six a little too early uh no I think six is a good year all right, so I'll hold off. So it starts with, it was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warren G is on the streets trying to consume some skirts for the eve so I can get some funk. Just rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Then it cuts to um, Nate Dogs. It's like a, it's a duet, if one could call it that, Squeezer. Hmm. Yes. He just hit the east side of the LBC. That's Long Beach, California. On a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G, seeing a car full of girls and no need to tweak, all of you hoes know what's up with the 213. Hmm. Back to Warren G. All right, maybe seven. So I hooks a left on the 21 to Lewis, some guys shooting dice, so I said, let's do this. I jumped out the ride and said, what's up? Some guys pulled some gats, so I said, I'm fucked. <laughs> I'm replacing uh, colloquialisms of African American words are allowed to say. That's good, good. With guys, that we the, even yes. though we got three for the C, we got zero for the you know. Whatever. No one should have any for that. Um, yeah. Okay, so then we're back to um, Nate Dog. Since these, since these hoes peeping me, I'm gonna glide and swerve. These bees looking so hard, they straight hit the curb. Now they dropping and yelling. It's a tad bit late. Nate, jo- Nate Dog and Warren G had to regulate. Uh, back to Warren G. I've been getting jacked. I'm breaking myself. I can't believe they're taking Warren's wealth. They took my rings. They took my Rolex. I looked at the guys and said, "Damn, what's next?" <clears throat> you read it like it's like it's a night before Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is to me. I love this. This is it tells a story. How many songs do this nowadays? Not many. And with a wink of an eye and a touch of his chin, right. or whatever the fuck he does. So we're we're, we're on we're on uh, Nate Dogs here. They got my homie hemmed up, and they all around. Ain't none of them seeing if they're gonna straight pound for pound. Now they drop it in yelling. It's a tad bit late. Nate Dog and Warren G had to regulate. I'm getting Jack. I'm breaking myself. I can't believe. Oh, wait. 
I think they repeated themselves here. Fucking Google lyrics. They got my homie <laughs> hemmed up, and they all around. Ain't none of them seeing if they're going to straight... Pound for pound. Yeah, and they, none of them saying if they're going to straight pound for pound. But guys talking big shit before they start to clown. I best pull up my strap and lay them busters down. I believe he's going to start shooting people. Um, and then it goes back into the hook from uh, Young Guns. Regulators. We regulate any stealing of his property. We damn good too. But you can't be any geek off the street. You got to be handy with... The steal, if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators. Uh, so then he goes, I'm tweaking into a whole new era. G-Funk, step to this. I dare ya. Funk, on a whole new level, where the rhythm is the, rhythm is the bass and the bass is the treble. Chords, strings, we brings, melodies, G-Funk, where rhythm is life and life is rhythm. Then he says, if you know what I know, you don't want to step to this. It's G-Funk era, funked out with the gangster twists. If you smoke like I smoke, then you're high like every day. And if your ass is a busta, 213 will regulate. And just like I thought, they were in the same spot and needed some desperate help. But Nate Dogg and the G-Child were in need of something else. One of them dames was sexiest. I think they're missing a lot of lyrics in this. Yeah. Fucking Google. <laughs> All right. Well, it, the bit's ruined. Ah, because they missed uh now nate got the freaks and that's a known fact before i get jacked i was on the same track back up because it's on n-a-t-e and me the warrant of the g they missed all that and when he pulls out his gun and shoots i got guns in my head i think i'm going down i can't believe it's happening in my own town if i win little fun let me contemplate i glance in the cut and i see my homie nate and then nate says 16 in the clip and one in the hole Nate Dogg is about to make some bodies turn cold. Now they drop in and yelling. It's a tad bit late. Nate Dogg and Warren G. Had to regulate. <laughs> Joe's asking you to do a snaggle puss now. Oh, okay. They got guns to my head. I think I'm going down. I can't believe it's happening in my own town. If I had wings, I would fly. Let me contemplate. I glance in the cut and I see my homie Nate exiting stage left. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fun. (laughs) He thought I was Snagglepuss. Do the whole one. Uh, Anyway, great song. Great album. I love this album. I love Warren G. Um... And, you know, he did good work. He put out a great album. Um, a lot of fun, that, that West Coast rap. I, you know, I, I, I like some Snoop Dogg stuff. I like Dr. Dre stuff. I like Tupac stuff. But I, in my mind, the most memorable shit was uh, Warren G. And this song, Regulate. Would you agree, Squeeze? Yeah. Yeah. But this is like that go-to... Um, um, back in the day, I don't know if they even have these anymore. But you know, when you're at the bar, I'm thinking like early 2000s and on. And it was like when you had that. What the fuck were those? Uh, the jukebox uh, the, deals. The jukebox touch fucking things. Yeah. What the hell were they? Touch tunes. Touch tunes. Yeah. yeah. Touch tunes. Like that. Jukebox. That was like a go-to. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Like that that was always there. Yeah. Every and it would white play multiple kid, times a night. Every white kid in the planet knows a song about yes. uh gangster rappers murdering each other and, and getting prostitutes. Living the life. It's a good song. It's a catchy song. Very catchy. Catchy song. Very groovy. Groovy. G funk. Gangster twist. All right, squeezer. Here is your third pick, but your second one really. Oh. I thought you were going to go Limp Biscuit. Uh, you know me better than that. I actually like this. What, what, you think everything I do is supposed to be? Something takes a part of me. Something lost and never seen. Every time I start to believe. Great, great album. Great song. Yeah. Corn. He is, listen, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris, uh, lead singer. Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis. He's a fucking nice fucking dude, too. Another guy. Yeah. Who likes to hang out with the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Corn is, I, uh, I fucking love Corn. Yeah. Uh, I think I had every album. I gotta find them. Yeah, I'm not embarrassed. I like Limp Biscuit. I don't listen to anymore. Any of that new metal, but Corn, Corn and Rob Zombie is a show to get that. We talked about that Rob Zombie show earlier. Corn was with uh-huh. them. Like Corn is a fucking hell of a show. Yeah, there. Uh, I, I don't. I feel bad because uh, I'm talking kind of new metal-ish, and I kind of feel bad lumping Corn into it because uh, some people might go, uh, whatever." Because no, I put Corn you know, in with Nine Inch Nails, thrash metal or whatever, and like but they're it's not, not the hard same. enough. No, or they're, they're some of the rap rock stuff. That's not Corn. You know, corn? they don't like. I put Corn with Nine Inch Nails and that type. Of I movie. do too. Yeah, I do too. And it, yeah, a little more on that industrial side. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm a. I. I, I like every now and then just kind of jumping in and throw a little corn on because you don't like I, there was a time where I heard it all the time yeah. and then you didn't and I, I what did I do I actually I was cleaning out the basement and I found um oh what the fuck album did I find it was Untouchables I found Untouchables and I remember that because I bought that when I was in college, and that's when I would like walk to class, like holding my discman flat so it, like wouldn't fucking yeah, skip. Yeah, you can't have it skip. Yeah. And I had, I had, I had two CDs, like my freshman year. I had Untouchables, and I had an early bootleg copy of uh, Foo Fighters. Um, was it one by one? Could have been. Yes, that that, and that, that was like the two CDs I had like that year. Um, and I put it. I put it in my truck, and I'm driving around my truck listening to corn. I felt so good. This is um, how popular corn is. And uh, in, in just uh, January of this year, there was still concerts. It was before COVID hit. Uh, they were at our local PPL center. Uh, Ten thousand some seats. Uh, well, I think eleven thousand with GA sold it out. Sold that motherfucker out. So yeah. And I was. We were working. It was the. Pig's banquet, but I would have wanted to go. But actually, uh, is that why I didn't go? Yeah, we were working. I would have been there. God damn it. Um, 
and and also and it doesn't hurt that their videos were awesome i had a bunch of i had all their dvds too um yeah i remember when you go to tunes and buy fucking music dvds yeah all right so yeah i was right one by one was 2002 and but i got it i got an early bootleg like before it came out i had a burned copy of it and then i went out and bought it just because i wanted to support but um but yeah between those two albums like that was like my freshman year in college that's and and the ladies which fucking loved me for it um i was so in the corn and and uh junior high i had this awesome t-shirt that i thought i was the coolest kid in, in the whole school it had like mm-hmm. a stripe down the front with um, four 40 ounce bottles on it and it said corn across it. And then in the back had the same logo big, bigger across the back. And it was yep. like a green shirt. And it was, it was like 40 ounce, was 40 ounce beers with corn on. I thought I was the coolest kid in the planet <laughs> wearing that shirt with my fucking silver tab jeans. <laughs> and they let that slide at the time. What, in middle school? Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't give a fuck. It was a little bit later, and they'd start cracking down. Yeah, and like that's an alcohol reference. Not at my, not uh, at Parkland. No, no, no. Whitehall, they had a stick up their ass for that stuff. Um, but it, it, it's it's adorable because we we went from. I'm I'm glad you you fucked this up too because it makes more sense now. Like the chronology of it, uh, like '92, you have preppy little squeezer in my striped polo with my poofy Egon Spengler haircut. Um. And fast forward like five years later, and it's just black T-shirts with uh, very aggressive band logos. Yeah, all over them. Sean said, uh, "Corn didn't hit on like '98. That's when Got the Life came out." Yes, the yeah. follow, follow the Leader, that album, that fucking blew Corn up. They were they were like uh, on regular rotation on MTV. They were pretty popular on top 40 yeah. well and, and of course you only saw like you know 30 seconds of it not right the yeah fucking video of course yeah. and then but then you go back and then you find like life is peachy and it, and like corn and i, I was into that fuck. in the beginning in middle school life is peachy i had it when it came out see um, i didn't get there yet because i didn't have like that's there was com- nowhere for me to find that that's completely my friend's I met in middle school. Yeah. Like you got to check corn, and I, I had that T-shirt squeezer. Honestly, I didn't have friends. So. If, if I could have worn that every day of the week, I thought I was the fucking coolest kid in the planet. Uh, but I couldn't mm-hmm. wear. It. My parents had no idea what a forty-ounce beer was, so they didn't know what the fuck it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I, and, I, it, I, and I was, then it, it grew from there. I had my, and then you know, eventually, like it, it stretched all through high school. You know, and then I'm, I'm walking around. I got, I had my corn shirt. I, I never had. I was never. I I I'll say I liked Limp Bizkit. But I, did I didn't too. have I, any. I did too. Attire. I don't. I, I now. didn't have any attire. I had a Power Man Five Thousand shirt. Ooh. I had my Static X shirt. Uh. Uh. <laughs> uh so what else did I fucking? Some uh, uh Lincoln Park was a little later. That was probably. Oh, I still later, love Lincoln but... Park. I fuck. I yeah, I know. I don't listen to any they, old Limp Bizkit. They had some great fucking Lincoln Park had the best T-shirts. Listen, I, this is like the sixth time I've called out the shows we've done, but Chester Bennington. Yeah, I know. I, I it's just a, a theme tonight. But Chester Bennington uh sang vo- lead vocals for Stone Temple Pilots when they lost when when what's his name um Scott Weiland. Scott Weiland was off the deep end and touring by himself. Remember that? 
Chester Bennington was the lead singer for Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, yeah. So they came to the event center, and Chester just was outside. Anybody who came in, he was at the door greeting. I'm like, hey, what do you do here? And you told me, he's like, oh, that's awesome. This is so cool. This is so cool. I'm so excited. It was their first show. It was his first show singing with Stone Temple Pilots. He was so cool and so nice. And man, fuck that guy, man. Must have been like, talk about a sweet person. Like I'm talking about Jonathan Davis, nice guy. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I'm talking about not, not like we had no business meeting any of these guys. We were like the lowest of the low on the totem poles. They went at all these people, Rob Zombie, Jonathan Davis, Chester Bennington went out of their way to, to stop and talk to every, not just us, every single person from security to, uh, the people work ticket takers to anybody out there working, they were, they would talk to and make them feel like they were important to that night's show. So that that's the theme here that I'm trying to that, that we're talking about these three people. Uh, they mm-hmm. they were all very yeah st- these violent aggressive angry people that are poisoning the minds of our children. Right, just sweet sweet people. Oh, <laughs> okay. Were you wearing your corn shirt with your Elevens? Oh, fuck <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> uh, that was right around the time that I I had like Dennis Rodman the '91 Bulls jersey. Uh, one day my corn with a, over a white t-shirt, of course, my corn jer- shirt the next day, uh, every day, my Jordan Brad 11s, uh, and some days my, uh, Nike worm air worms with the zipper. Mm. Yeah. I would go to army Navy and that's where you would get your, uh, they just had your rack of like just band, band shirts. T-shirts. Like one side was band shirts and the other was like the funny goofy ones yeah. like your big johnson ones right. and shit like that, that you just are, go through it and it was like just stacking them up like i want that band i want that band i want that band army navy or the store next to arby's in the mall called styles west that's where i got mm. my corn t-shirt remember arby's on the lower level by the ramp in the mall uh it's a, it's a hollister now uh, yeah yeah we didn't go into that like we weren't allowed in that arby's we we're only allowed in arby's in the white hall mall okay well the lehigh valley mall had an arby's too down there and next to it was this small store called styles west and they sold like pack sun and band shit before pack sun was a thing mm. and that's where i got most of my clothes that's where i got like my, my counterculture clothes that's where i got like all my my skater clothes and my uh uh, band t-shirts before. Uh, so yeah, I wasn't, see, I wasn't cool. I was wearing, like I said, I was Listen, wearing I was not cool. And... I still am not cool. It's just where I got my clothes when I save my money to buy them there. My parents would not buy me clothes there. I had to buy them myself. Well, that's why I would just wear whatever my mom bought me. Like my fancy little polo with my Egon Spangler haircut. But once it was like sports clothes, like my parent, my, my, for some reason, my mom was like, oh, when they realized I was the uh, athletic one in the family, and my sister was too. She played basketball too. But when I wanted to play all sorts of sports and my brother and dad just wanted to play on the radios, my mom was like, okay. When she, I, she got me like the Ken Griffey shoes. She got me, you know, I, I was the first to like want to buy Nikes and have like the Jordans and everything. My mom was all about that because I was playing sports. She thought it would make me more popular, but. I, I was still hanging out with the same losers and their freaks and geeks. Yeah. Well, see, my problem was my mom bought me, like, sports clothes, too. So she's like, oh, this is nice. You like purple. So she got me, like, a Phoenix Sun T-shirt. 
Oh yeah, so I wore that. Charles Barkley. Yeah, I love Phoenix yeah. Suns. Yeah, and but even then, I'm like, and I'm like, I'm wearing it, but it's a fucking dumb squeezer here. And then it's like, do you even know who's on that fucking team? I'm like, I don't know. My mom bought it for me, and then I got the shit kicked out of me for wearing a Phoenix Suns T-shirt. So uh, thanks, see, mom. You know that wasn't a thing at Parkland. It really wasn't. Like like groups, like there was bullies and stuff. Yeah, we had Italians. Oh, uh, I guess we. No yeah, offense. We, <laughs> um. I wound up in high school being the one who would corrupt the, the athletes. They would come to my way instead of the other way around. Nah. Like my buddies would come play Dreamcast and smoke weed uh, all day. Yeah, but well, and listen to but once in high school, and I think I think about this, like we didn't have that. There was no like groups. This, yeah, the sanctioning. Like there were there was groups, but it wasn't like this like one picking on the other kind of like the, our class had a movie. thousand kids in it. Like there. That's if there true. was, I just probably didn't see it. Fair enough. There was so many goddamn kids. Like God, how we can... had we had two hundred, so yeah. everyone knew each other. Right, and you were all mixed in with each other, so everyone knew each other. And if you didn't like each other, you just didn't talk to each other. Right. There was no. The only people that picked on me were my friends. Oh yeah, and that's the case. And, this and day. like yeah, and like and and then like like I told this before. It's like I'm at my locker and I kind of looked like D'Lo Brown back in high school, and like the kids would come, my friends would come by and like you know how like they pat a wrestler down as they're walking down the ring. Yeah. So like they'd come down, and just pat me down, like pound the shit out of me, like slapping me on the back, like D'Lo, D'Lo, and the fucking German teacher comes. All right, boys. All right, boys. Stop, stop picking on. It. It's like they'll leave you alone now. They won't mess with you anymore. I'm like, dude, those were my friends, and you really just fucked me over right now because I'm not going to hear the end of this. And I still <laughs> don't to this day. It's like 20 years later, and I still get shit for the German teacher coming to save me from them. Oh, uh, see you, Zane. Zane's peacing out. Hi, Zane. Uh, I would love to bring back The Daily Show. Um, if we get locked down again, we will. Uh, thanks for being here, Zane. Make sure you're here next Wednesday. We're going to do this shit again. Um, also, uh, STP and Chester under hell, yeah, they were. They did definitely deserve more love. All right, yeah. squeezer, continue talking about getting slapped around by your friends. Oh, no, that was, that was, I got, no, that was it. That and was to it. this day, I still get shit because they're just fucking with me. And then, yeah, a teacher came to save the day. Oh, fuck, just yeah, there's context to it. You see a kid getting the shit kicked out of him, make sure it's his friends doing it <laughs> exactly. or not. Then you can step in. Huh. Or ask. Maybe he deserved it. Maybe he did. All right. I here, probably deserve it, too. Here's my next pick. Probably the, in my opinion, one of the best albums of the 90s, if not the the millennia. Is it Jagged Little Pill?
melancholy and the infinite mm-hmm. sadness squeezer. That's what this song right now is called. Starts the mm-hmm. album out. Mm-hmm. One of, in my opinion, Sean said top ten albums. Same here. Fucking yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. My dad waited with me at Tunes in the morning to get this album. I was so fucking excited for this. A double albums were special back then. Mm-hmm. Like, and they and they they produced it for that reason. They wanted to do a double album. They thought on Siamese Dream, they had enough to do it. And then afterwards, after they toured Siamese Dream, and they wrote all this cool shit. And they're like, you know what? We can do a, a double fucking album. And the craziest thing was, like, Billy was like, listen, we're not gonna use Butch Vig, our former producer. We're gonna go all new people. They use this guy named Flood. And uh, and uh, Alan Mulder to produce this because they wanted to get themselves out of their comfort zone, and 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 pre- past albums like Billy would like do all the guitar solos, all the bass solos, like he like, ran the show, but he mm-hmm. was like let Jimmy Iha, let um, Darcy like do their own stuff, and let they rented two studios, recorded in two rooms, <laughs> let them all be like integral in the sound and the, the the recording, and what they got out of it was a fucking masterpiece a fucking yeah. goddamn masterpiece it created as far as music videos are concerned uh, concerned created some of the best and in my opinion one of the best music videos of all time in tonight tonight absolutely uh so um and, and talk about michelle gondry we talked about him earlier i believe he was part of this but tom kenny and jill telly of SpongeBob SquarePants fame were the stars of this uh, music video that was kind of a parody oh, of uh, Georges Millet's A Trip to the Moon. Um, mm-hmm. Such a fucking awesome music video. And everything they do, everything they do on this album is is fantastic. Uh, I, I don't know, it was kind of like Billy like saying like, Fuck this! Like 1979 is 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 Billy's version of the Radiers podcast. It's like he was mm-hmm. 12 at the time in 79, and it was his merge from like youth to adolescence. And it's just like this. It was a great year for him, and that's kind of how we based the Radiers. It's on my it. 1993. Right, my, I'm 92 for me because I'm a year older than you. Exactly, 92 is is that year for me, and that's crazy, right? Like that. Yeah, we all have. That same year, and like how how we talked earlier in the show, how um, uh, Matt from Dino Drag talked about that that Joel experience, and how we all I have the same experience, and I'm sure so many other people had, and how many people write us like I listened to you, and I lived in California, like I, my I, my boy Russ Church in California says he listens to us, and he feels like he lived our same life, like we all across the country lived the same life. I think that's beautiful and amazing. And I, when you can capture it like an artist like Billy Corrigan did, and they did it in Melancholy and Infinite Sadness, that's something special. And, and for me, there's a few albums in the 90s, and I'm going to talk about another one a little later, that, that my dad in his, his maroon suburban would leave for like, like as much as I like parody my dad and make, like do my dad's voice, he's just a sweet, amazing, like caring person who did whatever the fuck I could for me. I couldn't drive because of my seizures when I was a kid. He was there waiting, playing with his ham radios to pick me up at KB Toy Store and drop me off every goddamn day, even though he worked a hard day. And now that I'm older, I understand why he wanted to do that. I'm not going to say why and get into detail, 
but I understand completely why he wanted to do that. But <laughs> um, he would he would leave early for me, and and, and we'd wait at Tunes, uh, and he'd give me the money to go get these these albums, and particularly Melancholy and Infant Sadness. And then we'd play it in a CD player in his car, and he was like, oh, I don't get why well, you like this music. But he didn't care. He still he still understood that it was important to me. And like I'll never forget the moment getting that double CD. Like it is ingrained in my memory forever. And mm-hmm. like there's very few things that are are like that in my life, but this CD is one of them. And and I think that that year and um, the MTV Music mm-hmm. Video Awards and it winning best video and winning all the Grammys and and just everybody this 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 album was just fucking beautiful yeah and like I, I i went through like when you clean house you know it's like what, what am i gonna do with all these jewel cases and all these cds it's like i have a spindle like a stack of see like i yeah. kept just kept everything it's not a spindle in a box somewhere all the jewel cases got tossed melancholy i still have yeah. like i just can't there's like, one of those I, thick decide. ones too to keep it not one of those thin ones that could fit two in like a thin case it was a thick no no it was legit it was like because and it had a full book with it too it was what was special to me about it was the first time that like I discovered Pink Floyd was the Delicate Sound of Thunder tour, the live album, which yeah. was a double. In the same way, like the wall was done with the double, and it's the big double jewel case. So like I grew up like those two albums meant a lot to me, and they were my dad's, and like this was mine now. Like this was like hit my version of that. Like that was to him. So, like it was. What uh, it was special. Sean asked what my dad jams out to. He likes Meatloaf, Kansas, the little the Little River Band, and Cheryl Crow. From what I know, but as a kid, I knew he liked Meatloaf. He loves Meatloaf. I, I out of all of those, I'll go with Meatloaf. After yeah, that, yeah. Um, after uh, that, I'll kill myself. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, this album was fantastic. And this was their crescendo. They never really went anywhere after this. This was the best thing they ever did. And it was the, their peak of popularity. <clears throat> I know they released stuff after this, but none of it was as good as this. And that sucks when you make a piece of work like this, right? It does. I mean, I, maybe it's just because I'm, I'm a fan. So yeah, I guess. Like, it's. No, it sucks for them. I'm sorry. It does. They're, yeah. they're not the Beatles. The Beatles were able to get past it and, and do other things. Other bands are able to do it, but they were just, they were like, just. I, and, and that's the, but you're thinking big picture. Like as a fan, like I liked Adore. Um, yeah, no, I, I like, I like their stuff, but nothing was ever as good as this. And everything they put after this was judged against it. And while yeah. that's not fair, it still sucks that they put yeah, out this like, beautiful piece of fucking amazing work that'll stand the test of time forever and ever and then what can you do to to top that yeah and then like and then i remember like when like machina came out and like i was just all excited uh such and then it was good like if it was any other band but like you're comparing it to gish and siamese dream were great albums but they were not melancholy and the infinite sadness the styles, the 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 production, the layers, mm-hmm. the the overdub of the guitar, like you you don't have that as well done on on those other albums, and it wasn't well, it like it was like it was very much a a, a peak, so like the Gish and then Siamese Dream and then Melancholy and then 
it was downhill after that and when that but like to be to have that as your best work is still better than 95% of all musicians in the world so it's still it's true it's still good and I, I i still like clung on like every time he put something out like i went like even like when when he's like put together like zwan and like mary star of the sea like yeah I'm, right like, yeah I, st- I still was into it yeah yeah I'm like i had to but when i found out he was involved in aw i'm not aw um tna i was like all right well TNA. let me see what's going yeah. on here because it's still billy corgan but yeah for a while he was like I don't want to play my old stuff. And then he got over that. Like Howard Stern helped him yeah. get over that. Um, all right. Uh, let's move on to. And if you get a chance, listen to him on Rogan. Yeah, he's it's great. Because he was great. He's just a normal dude that likes wrestling. Yeah. All right. Here's Squeezer's next bit. Three, two, one, go. Everyone remembers their prodigy phase. Their prodigy phase. Uh, it wasn't a phase for me. I'm still there. <laughs> um, remember Meat Beat Manifesto? I, I, I do. I remember. I also remember on uh, when Letterman made a joke about. Uh, I, for, I forgot. It was something that he made a joke about smack my bitch up, and I found it hilarious. Um, so. I, it, it sounds odd because there's a bunch of sound effects and shit in there because that's actual gameplay from the PlayStation title Wipeout XL. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was just Prodigy. No, no, because there was no. This is just the instrumental, the fire starters. No actual lyrics in it. So this is from Wipeout XL, and this game was a game changer for me because, like I was saying, I didn't have. None of my friends were big, that big into music, and like my like my other influences were my dad and what I listened to B one hundred four. I didn't really watch uh, MTV much, like I really wasn't allowed to. And uh, the other output was something. I'll, my last pick. I'll get into that. So when I bought my PlayStation, the first game I bought for it was Wipeout XL, and the soundtrack to it like it blew my mind. I'm like, I never heard this kind of shit before. Like, this was all new to me. And, like, I was, at that point, I was introduced to Prodigy. I was introduced to Chemical Brothers. Wait, Future so Sound of London. You didn't see Hackers when it came out. I was, well, this was 96, 97. So yeah. I was, like, 13. So, no, I didn't see Hackers yet. So, well, we had we had requests. So I saw Hackers right when it came out. That, that was my introduction to Prodigy. Okay. Um. But yeah, you were you were like a month or two away. Yeah, yeah. So we all was kind like of my got into Prodigy at the same time. Yeah, and then and then eventually, like the Matrix came out, and it was like, oh my god, look at all. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking from fucking Wipeout, man. Relax. No, I, I think um, they released the album The Crab on it before the Matrix. Fat of the Land. Fat of the Land yeah. came out in '97. Yeah. Um, and I so what happened was, like this came out. And then, like, I need to find it. And then I went out and I got 
well, Fatherland, and then I end up stealing it from a friend too. Um, and it's still one of my favorite albums of all time. It's so fucking good. Um, and then it got me into other stuff too. Like it kind of, I kind of branched out from uh, like between uh, Prodigy and like Chemical Brothers and stuff. And then I found like, uh, uh, like I got in like Portishead and um, you know, shit like that. And it was just, uh, it, it completely changed it for me. Like from a video <clears throat> game soundtrack. Right. From just the, the instrumentals on a video game soundtrack, and it fit the game so well. Like it was so cool. The game was so fast. It was. It really. It sounds like lame to say it was like state of the art, but it was fucking state of the art. It felt so good. It, it helped. Like the controls, the feel of the game matched the soundtrack so well. And at the same time, what was so cool about it was there's these billboards just with Red Bull all over it. And you're like, huh. what the fuck is Red Bull? Yeah, it was before. It was, 90, it was 96, 97, and no one very in the European. U.S. knew what Red Bull was. Well, so was fucking it, Prodigy. It was very European. Yeah, and it was all European stuff. And now it's like Prodigy and Red Bull, then like years later, was like everywhere. Well, um, it's funny how technology brought Prodigy to everybody. Like, I was so into Prodigy and movie hackers because I fancied myself as a hacker because I got a few copies of 2600 and and um, watched the movie. And I, I was like fluent in HTML and C++. So I thought I, I thought I was uh, fucking gonna hack the Gibson and fucking <laughs> wear cool rollerblades and outfit. I rollerbladed at the time, yes. I thought I was gonna wear cool outfits and fuck Angelina Jolie in a pool while I was listening to Prodigy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like it, like technology, like that whole that's what like drew me to hackers. What what tracks were on uh, Hackers? Um, they all sound the same to me, so. No, that's right. I'm saying that now as a fucking oh. 38 year old. Um, chunk, you know, off the top of your I head, might have it. I might have it right here. But... Uh, Voodoo People and One Love. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that was even before Father Land. Then we are the Voodoo People. Yeah, it was. It was before Father Land. Then Fat, they got popular because of this movie, and then Father Land. Yeah. Everybody had that album. I had that CD. That was when I did my my uh, living room wrestling federation. Most of my entrance music was from that out of the land. Yeah, minefields is mine. You know what became mine? I still mine? love that song. I, I had I because <clears throat> I had three and I had three entrance songs when I was backyard wrestling. I had minefields, uh, <clears throat> XYU, and uh, brain stew. Uh, you're gonna laugh at mine. Yeah, it was genocide by the Offspring. Let's see if I can find it. You'll hear it. This was my official backyard wrestling, well, living room wrestling music. Huh? And my uh, wrestling name was Genocide. Seeing as the sun, I thought 
the sky. On it, we are one. Now, straight in, now. I'm just listening. Oh, sorry. Wait for the hook. Wait for the hook. Doggy dog. Could you see that in the Attitude Era as an entrance song? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great song. That was my... Uh, well, the problem is when you add in lyrics, no, then it's got to be like the next, and a few years later when they started. Cause... Yeah, like the end of the yeah, Attitude if, Era. Yeah. End of the Attitude Era, but yeah. I was ahead like, of the once time. Once Disturbed started doing Austin's theme. Yeah. I was ahead of the time. Uh, that was my theme song. And like, well, this album came out and what? 94 so that definitely was like my, my theme song in like 95 mm-hmm. when i come out to face the tag team in a, a handicap match of macho king and uh of hulk hogan yeah 24 inch pythons brother i still beat him every time <laughs> <laughs> okay uh shall we move on i i think it's time here is uh, my next pick. Hold on. Hi, I'm Kurt Loder with an MTV News special report on a very sad day. Kurt Cobain, the leader of one of rock's most gifted and promising bands, Nirvana, is dead. And this is the story as we know it so far. Cobain's body was found in a house in Seattle on Friday morning. He was dead of an apparently self-inflicted shotgun blast to the head. Police found what is said to be a suicide note at the scene, but have not yet divulged its contents. Cobain, who was 27, had reportedly been missing for about six days, according to his mother. The Los Angeles Times reported on Wednesday that Nirvana was breaking up and that Cobain was planning to undergo drug rehabilitation. A source close to the band told MTV News earlier this week that while that story sounded bad, it was better than what was, quote, really going on. That comment remains to be clarified. Cobain's body was found in a house in Seattle where he had previously lived and which he still owned. It was discovered by an electrician who had showed up at around 8.40 a.m. this morning, Friday morning, to do some work at the house. He looked in a window and said he recognized the body on the floor inside as Cobain's. Before calling police, the electrician first called a local radio station to break the news. Although at press time, police were declining to officially identify the body as that of Cobain, pending notification of next of kin, a reporter for the Seattle Post-Intelligencer, who was on the scene, ID'd the body as Cobain's. And several other news outlets have also gone public with that information. Cobain's wife, singer Courtney Love, had just canceled a UK tour. She was not over there yet with her band Because she killed him. Her current whereabouts are unknown, but she is presumably with the baby daughter she had with Cobain, Frances Bean. So the day our music died, Squeezer, I, it, it's safe to say, was the day Kurt Cobain died, right? Yeah. I disagree. Well, I was, it opened up the door for some I know. You and, you and I are both on the same page with this. I was a huge oh, Nirvana fan. Oh, I see fan. where you go. All right. Huge Nirvana fan. But Kurt knew what we all knew. And Kurt said it in interviews right before he died. He's like, Dave's a better songwriter, Dave's a better singer, and Dave's a better guitar player. I should let him front the band and figure out another instrument. Like, they, they, Kurt knew it, and they were going to put Marigold on the next album. Uh, but but Kurt killed himself, so Dave went and recorded a whole album by himself. He did every single instrument, 
ba bass, yep. guitar, drums, everything. And uh, he sang vocals and backup on his own album. And this was the first hit. I'll stick around off that album. Uh, it's the self-titled Foo Fighters. So, yes, it sucked. Kurt was killed by Courtney Love. And I love Hole. And I, I do Allegedly. Love Allegedly. Allegedly. I love Hole. And I love the music she made. She wrote. She wrote and definitely not Kurt. Um, but there's pretty good chance she killed him. Maybe not. Allegedly. Allegedly. But it led to, in my opinion, the best band in the entire world. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's the Foo Fighters. And uh, I think I think uh, the Foo Fighters are, uh, and Dave Grohl is the most talented and best musician in the world. I think the Foo Fighters are the best band in the world. A best rock band, and this is just my opinion. I am yep. the one of the biggest Foo Fighter fans in the planet, and uh, Squeezer and I have seen him. And, and because of my uh, our, our our influence, we've been in uh, ninth row. We've been like in spit range of of Dave Grohl when he was and in his, his chair and his broken foot. Um, I saw him a, a Firefly. I've, I've seen I've seen Foo Fighters so many times. I fucking love the Foo Fighters. Every album they do, Everlong is one of my favorite songs ever. Uh, Howard Stern has a lot to do with that, making that so popular. Uh, he's just—he's a fucking rock god, and he's—he's he's, uh, by all accounts the nicest guy in rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Like he's a sweet man. He's from our area. He goes to fucking Rehoboth Beach in Delaware to to vacation with his family. He's from the D.C. area. Um. Like everybody, like he'll play drums and, and and help work on anyone's album. He's just he's just like a fucking nice guy who does cool shit. And this yeah. transition between the the end of the grunge era and the beginning of the modern alternative rock era it was the end of Nirvana and the beginning of Foo Fighters. Because I would say Foo Fighters are the grandfathers of the modern alternative rock era. Like if you like an, uh, listen to Alt Nation, like that channel is because of Foo Fighters. What came mm -hmm. of the death of Nirvana came the birth of the Foo Fighters. And Dave Grohl and his brilliant fucking mind and his positive attitude. And and God damn, man, I, I can't help but love this man and his band. Yeah. And and the, the camaraderie and, and, and what, 95, 20 fucking five years of... of... of just best friends playing together. Yeah, and him and Taylor Hawkins might be the most adorable relationship next yeah, to right. us. Well, Taylor almost died on them with heroin. Yeah, and and they were all by his side, and they're like, "Not today, heroin." And 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 then they became closer after that because Taylor was trying to pull away from them. But they're like, "No, no, 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 no. We're gonna pull closer to you." And he's been off drugs, and he he sings vocals on a few songs it's adorable because dave will dave will get back on drums and taylor will, mm -hmm. yeah it, it, it is amazing because yeah, they just have fun up there and, and pat smear like, self-admit self-admit uh pat smear yeah the smile never gets can you cannot wipe the smile off pat smear's face he's, uh, like, who, he's looking around like really this he's is... like i was in nirvana and i didn't know what we were gonna do and now i'm in the biggest fucking rock group in the world yeah well it's it self-admitted they refer to he refers to them as the just the biggest cover band. Yeah, right. Like, that's that, what they are. They're a fucking cut. Like, no, not really. 
No, but when they just are when, out there, when they play together, fun. they call themselves the holy like, sh- the, the holy shits. That's their cover yes. band. The holy shits. They they play cover music. That's the what. That's when they have fun. Yeah. Um. Um. Taylor came from Alanis Morissette. Um. Yeah. They're 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 uh when they did uh a cover of Faces when they do Stay with Me I'm just, I just lost my shit. It's so fucking good. It's better than the original. Fuck Rod Stewart. <laughs> I mean he's great, but still. I'm still waiting for a second them Crooked Vultures album. That's what I want. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. With uh, John Paul Jones, John Helm, and uh Dave fucking Grohl on drums. Yeah. Them yeah, that's Vultures. the other thing, like the crossover. Like, oh when when that was like the greatest summer of my life when uh uh they released uh Concrete and Gold and I got uh uh Holy shit. I just, uh, Queen's of Stone Age album. Wow. It's getting late. Uh, and like, in like the same month, it was just, uh, that was peachy. Well, let's continue with your last pick. <clears throat> here is, I talked about <clears throat> the birth of modern alt, and here is Squeezer talking about guests, late night. Our next guests are, are fly, fresh, dope, and fat. Uh, their new CD, of which I have a copy right here, Ill Communication, entered the charts at number one. Uh, and now they're part of the big Lollapalooza tour. Ladies and gentlemen, here they are, Beastie Boys. Can't stand it. I know you planned it. It is probably my the best performance in late night. It's now, just fucking amazing. What when Rage Against the Machine got kicked off Saturday Night right. Live. Or when Rage Against the Machine played Letterman. That's true. But Letterman That's let him go. One, like, they they he let him go. They shut down they they packed fifty third street in a thunderstorm. Yeah. And just fucking killed it. But they got kicked um, off Saturday Night Live. This is the road. The fucking uh, 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 union crew kicked them out. <laughs> I fucking love Red Teams. I mean, everybody, they're one of my favorites. Um, and Squeezers. Yeah. Wow! But uh, this performance is awesome. But this was one of those things I was talking earlier where I didn't have a lot of, early on, like a lot of access to music. It just wasn't there for me. I don't know. None of us Because now it's at our fingertips. Well, there's no internet. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. now it's at our fingertips. Like, any song we want, we get it automatically. Any song we hear and we want to hear, we open up an app, it listens to us, and it adds it to a fucking playlist for us. Obviously, yeah. back then, I mean, it's going to seem like... If we watch a fucking training video, we get right. more training videos. Exactly. Um, so, like, there was one guarantee that you can find new music, and that's if you were able to stay up late and see bands perform on late night and that was a chance to like see something new or hell see even something old you know and like see some of these older bands come through or whatever but i mean the foo fighters on letterman was awesome uh oh, I remember, they, they I, closed out the show they're dave's favorite band yeah yeah and even like yeah they did uh 
Everlong. Everlong was his favorite song. Yeah, they closed. I, I have that s still saved. I, I, re I DVR'd it and then I burned it down to a digital file. Oh, so you like have the original that you recorded back then? Yes. Well, when, like, when, that's awesome. When, no, I have the original when Dave went off the air. Not that old. When okay. they, they came in tuxedos and played Everlong when Dave went off the yeah, air. Yeah, okay, okay. And I DVR'd yeah. it and then I burned that down. Yeah. That was that was very sweet. That was amazing. Actually, there's one, there's one um, that really brings a tear to my eye, and I, I remember it. And that was when um, Warren Zevon was on. <laughs> what? You laugh at that? I I don't know what you're talking about. Warren Zevon. What do you do? You know who you know who Warren Zevon is? No. Lonesome, rolling the lonesome Thompson Gunner. Werewolves of London. Nope. Warren Zevon? Warren Zevon. Jesus no... Christ. Look up Warren Zevon. Anyway, him and Dave were very close friends, and Dave knew, and they knew that he was going to die within a year of cancer, so oh, Dave Jesus had him on Christ. the show. He was the only guest for the entire show they talked, and then Dave requested a play role in The Lonesome Thompson Gunner, and I just sat there, and I was fucking bawling. Warren Zevon? You never no. Where was oh, London? Yeah. I thought that was. Uh... Hold on, I'm gonna play some of this for you right here. At NJ ah, goddamn fucking way to go! Way to ruin the fucking moment. Don't hold on. This is Warren Zevon. You've talked about this yeah, song so... a thousand times. Not that, not that Kid Rock bullshit. How do I not know? I thought it's Warren Zevon. What do I not know that name? How do I forget? You know how many times you've asked me if I know Warren Zevon? Because had three beers in a glass to start the show. No, no. <laughs> well, yes, but you know how many times you've asked me if I know Warren Zevon, and I tell you no every time. But I do know. I do know who he is. <laughs> I think every here he is every single time you ask me if I know who Warren Zevon is. If if someone wants to go through the show and find it. I will pay you handsomely in, in merch. But I think every single time you've asked me if I know who Warren Zevon is on the show, I've said no. And you're like, what? Uh, but yeah, Dave had Warren Zevon. They were like best of friends. And uh, yeah, he'd had him on for the whole show. And like, I just, you knew he was going to die because he had cancer. And it was like, that was going to be his last TV appearance that you're going to really see him. And I was like, oh, that was fucking brutal. You're like, you're laughing. I'm like, should I not be? I'm, I was laughing yeah, at you. Like, what the fuck are you doing? This is like the saddest moment in television. Well, we don't have sad moments on the rad years. Yeah, but it's fucking rad. Warren Zevon rocking out on Letterman. It's as badass as it's as ballsy and badass as you can get. It's like I'm gonna die. Watch this. Fuck yeah, it was awesome. I remember that. And like I remember watching with my mom too. It was she was kind of like. That's a technical term. But it's all out there. You can watch it. I'm playing some of it. I love this song. Squeezer, honest opinion. Out of all the late night hosts. Who do you think, in your opinion, is the true successor to Dave? I, I, I hate them all, but Dave Letterman. Who is the true successor? Oh, like who takes over after Letterman? Like no, 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 no. There's no taking Wait. over anymore. It's all, the, the paradigm has changed. Who do you think is, is the best now that Letterman's gone? I don't watch. I'm not going to lie. Because like, Dave was like my guy. 
Yeah, Dave. Dave was the best. Like I got. That's why. Like I was a Davy Allison fan. I stopped. He died, it, it, and I like. I really didn't give a shit about racing after that. It was Seth Meyers. It's Seth Meyers was the answer. You. I mean, yeah. I. I'm all right. Fine, Seth Meyers. And <laughs> I knew that's kind of where you're going with that. But there was something about Dave, and it was kind of like that. Like we were in his house, kind of thing. Right, and that's and exactly mom, what you my, get with Seth Meyers. I, I get that, but like and, Dave and he was has this, more of like a yeah. He, he got the same first he like role. A, he was like a, a an uncle. Yeah, but Seth got that job, so I I get that. In but my opinion, like, I I've never really liked any night shows, like late night shows. I like Dave Letterman. I grew, I hate. I never fucking watched Carson. I never watched Leno. I always watched Letterman. See, my parents and every everyone in the family loved Leno. They loved Leno. I liked Letterman because he just came off as like he was a kid that was right. giving a TV show. Yeah, right. I, I watched Letterman because it seemed cool. And I, we've talked about this on the show before, how I would stay mm-hmm. up and watch Letterman, and that was my yeah. thing. But I never watched anything else in late night. Like Tom Snyder would come on after Letterman, and I'd, I'd be like, ah! <laughs> I only like Dan Aykroyd's version of Tom Snyder. Yeah. But um, I think now, like the only late night guy I watch is, and I watch him on YouTube, is is Seth Meyers. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, there, I uh, Sean's right though. Just I would watch Fallon just for the roots, but oh yeah, the roots just are like the roots. Rad as shit. And I've got to see them live a couple times, and just fuck, they were just they're amazing. Kimmel's good. Uh, I I just don't know. I, I like I like. Uh, his, um, I I just Seth Meyers figured out early on that he was known for doing the uh, weekend update, so he shouldn't do a stand up. He should just start from his desk, and as soon as he started doing that from his desk, I'm like, all right, this guy figured it out. He knows what the fuck he's doing. I'm I'm on board. Plus, he comes on at a time that's convenient to me. So, right. Yeah, well, I, the thing about Kimmel was I just remember that one where it was staying with the music and it was Slash and Cypress Hill. That chunk said Kimmel. Better, better fix that in post. I'm assuming he's saying I'm laughing at not knowing what the hell you're talking about. But chunk, well, uh, but he's someone who, if you ever want to, I will pay you in merch. If you want to go back and find out how many times Squeezers brought that name up to me and and i'm like warren savan and i'm like who (laughs) (laughs) i think that's at least the sixth or seventh time that's happened on this show um i have clueless but uh it's a good movie i'm sorry you're you're going about kimmel no no should we go on to my last pick and finish the show i think so because i really gotta pee all right, so uh, to finish the show up... And I don't think people want to hear Maximum Carnage again. Oh, uh, you don't know that. My last pick, everybody. I recall the time they found those fossilized mosquitoes And before long they were cloning DNA Now I'm being chased by some irate Velociraptors, well believe me, this has been one lousy day. Jurassic Park is frightening in the dark. All the dinosaurs are running wild. Give 
a Flintstone. Now I'll tell you why. As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain, I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain. But that's just perfect for an Amish like me. You know I shun fancy things like electricity. At 4.30 in the morning I'm milking cows Jebediah feeds the chickens and Jacob plows Fool, and I've been milking and plowing so long that Even Ezekiel thinks that my mind is gone I'm a man of the land, I'm into discipline Got a Bible in my hand and a beard on my chin But if I finish all of my chores and you finish thine Then tonight we're gonna party like it's 1699 We've been spending most our lives living in an A long, long time ago, in a galaxy far away, Naboo was we under an attack. cannot talk about 90s music without talking about the genius, the gentleman, the brilliant Weird Al Yankovic. But their response, it didn't thrill us. They locked the doors and tried to kill us. We escaped from that gas Then met Jar Jar and Boss Nass We took a bongo from the scene And we went to feed to see the queen We all wound up on tattooing That's where So the songs I played found This boy Oh my, my, this here Anakin guy so a Jurassic Park, uh, the Bedrock Anthem, which was the Red Hot Chili Peppers compilation, Amish Paradise, which is one of his biggest songs, The Gangster's Paradise, and right now, uh, the saga begins. Squeezer, you know the story behind this one? Oh, I think Squeezer's taking a break. I'm going to keep it going. Can't, can't make, Squeezer goes, can't make it, keep it going. So let's keep listening to Weird Al until we get Squeezer back. Well, I know we built C3PO, and I've heard how fast his pod can go. And we were broke, it's true. So we made a wager or two. He was a preview best flying ace. you guys love this. I don't know if he was married to Van Dyke. I don't think so. I did. I, I will. I'm happy to look up here. Maybe Vader someday later, but he's just a small fry. Sorry, I didn't Squeezer, this song. Yeah. Saga begins. Do you know what he went through to bank this song? Sorry, I just got here. What's up? The song Saga Begins right now we're listening yes. to by Weird Al. Yes. Do you know what he went through to make this song? What he went through? He scoured the dirty 90s internet to find spoilers. And he wrote most of the song based on spoilers. And then he paid a fortune 
to see an early screening, and he found out that it was pretty much worthless because he got it pretty close. He only changed like two or three lines. Uh, and then they sent it to George Lucas, and the letter coming back from George Lucas said, you could not wipe the smile off his face, pretty much. Aww. George was like super happy. And uh, yeah, so he, he uh, uh, searched tons of shitty fucking brother Jason uh, message boards to find out <laughs> the, the plot of, of episode one to write the song. What was your favorite? The internet, the internet wasn't even that angry by then. Yeah, it was so. Well, I remember being in a whole bunch of wrestling not, pages. Not, uh, yeah, it was angry, but Raw, not, was, Raw angry. was like taped and then went live, so I, I would just go to find out, like, yeah. uh, you know, that shit. But um, I like, I was on the No Mercy wrestling board, No Mercy uh, board, yeah. so we well, were a pretty tight group. What was your favorite uh, Weird Al song of the '90s? Um, I'm sorry, I I had to split part way through. I had to split on uh during uh Amish Paradise, which was up there. It's very good. Um, which, by the way, did you ever listen to the P, uh, PMJ cover of that? Mm-mm. Postmodern Jukebox does Mm-mm. like a 1920s jazz cover of uh, Gangster's Paradise. Mm-hmm. It's fucking awesome. Check it out. Oh. Um, but uh, I would say Yoda. Uh, Yoda. It was like, yeah, yeah, uh, yo, 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 yo. Did you play it? No, he does. I didn't. But that's 80s. Okay. Is it that old? Yes. Yes. That's, oh wow! That's what he closed. That, well, that that's my favorite. That's what he closes out his concerts with, Yoda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, Yoda. I love, I love the original too. Like fucking. Yeah. No, Lola's that's a good song. I I pick Jurassic Park, um, mm-hmm. the Bedrock Anthem, uh, Gangsters Paradise. I'm sorry, Amish Paradise, and uh, Saga Begins. Soon I'm gonna be a Jedi. But uh, yeah, Weird Al, uh, we re- really fucking. I mean, he he stakes a claim in every decade. This man is a fucking genius. He did it in the two thousands with uh, White and Nerdy, <laughs> right? Oh yeah. And then he does this poke of I, you and I are we're from uh, like Pennsylvania Dutch country, so we love polka. Yeah. And like like a, a fun polka song is fun. Like you don't you don't scoff at it. You no, grab I a love beer, polka. You get drunk you and you have a good time. Right. Like it, you don't you don't. When that starts playing, you don't get that whole too cool for the room attitude. You just you get. When we were kids, we did have it. a good time. We did it when we were kids. There 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 is a period when you're little kids, you think it's the funnest thing in the world because no, you're out I, there I'm on sorry. the dance floor when, flopping around. When we were like... then, when you're like a preteen, early teen, <clears> like this is lame. And then when you're a later teen underage, but you can drink, it's awesome. Oh, my God. You should have seen me in Munich the first time we were there. We were in the Huffer House, and the polka band came out. And I was like, the fucking Rolling Stones just came out. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and Jen's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And then when we were at Oktoberfest, I was fucking sauced to the gill squeezer. And anytime mm-hmm. a polka band would start playing, I would, I would, it was like fucking Woodstock for me. Like, you, you, you I go from, like, 20 years earlier to fucking fuck polka. I fucking hate this 20 hours a day mm-hmm. of polka to being like, I yeah. fucking love it. Give it to me. I want to, this well, it's them. different when, when it's a party, when it's a polka party, but it always fun. is. When it always is when it's, yeah, but we were just polka, working. It's a bunch, a bunch of old people sitting at tables, drinking water. Cause it's free. <laughs> it's a party. It's, 
Yeah. Like at my Listen, at, at, if it's polka, they're not drinking water because it's free. They're drinking beer because they could drink till they're like. No, unless they're old people that don't want to pay money and then they bitch and moan that they don't have their polka bands anymore, but they didn't spend right. any money. Right. So why should we bring in polka bands right. if you're not going to spend any money? All right. I still love polka. But you go to a goat race, you go to the Bach Fest, and you know, we got a polka band. There's drinking, there's goats, and there's polka. We've got Alex Meixner uh, the last yeah. Saturday. Oh, we got him? Yeah, he's coming. In-house? He's coming. Oh, that's going to be a good time. I, I can't wait. I'll bring that's... the pistachios. I know. Well, no, the, no, the Hormel meats. Oh, is that it? That's it's yeah. Hormel. All right. He's a spokesman. Um, Friends of family. That's it, Squeezer. Uh, let's uh, wrap it up. This was 90s music, right? Yeah, I think so. I think we've made a good turn. I... I uh... Yeah, I think we ter- we steered the ship clear of the iceberg. I mean, we rammed it. We uh, a couple cells filled with water, but sure, uh, sure. neither of us ended up leaving each other on a on a door while the other drowned. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. It's a very yeah. fair assessment. Uh, we'll yeah. be back. Both ne- of us. Dre- we made it out. Both of us dressed as women and got in the boat. We, we did. A couple kids out. You, I, I dressed as a child. A very weird, awkward child and you didn't win me yes. you were my mom i get i get the frilly bosomy dress with the big hat to cover my face right i'm uh, like oh must row away from here and i had to vancouver maneuver from my erection of you in that that dress oh i thought you meant children drowning but <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> we'll both we'll both um good night everybody thanks for joining us we'll be back next week for 90s movies, even though we should be doing junk food so I can fucking talk about Crystal Pepsi because of the goddamn YouTube alber- algorithm fucking my pick. Uh, but uh, if, you, if you thought I wasted time preparing for this show. <laughs> Wait till 90s movies. I mind picked. So we're definitely talking Color of Night. So be prepared for that. Thank you, everybody, for joining us live. Thank you, for everybody, Love for listening us on iTunes, Spotify, If you can do us a favor and go on iTunes, wherever you listen, and rate us and review us, it helps get the word out. Everybody out there, uh, if go join the chat, give me your address so I can send you our summer sticker pack. I know a few of you are in the chat and didn't give me your address yet, even though you think I have it. I am very forgetful. Um, Can I have a summer sticker pack? No. And uh, we'll be back next week with 90s movies. All right, handsome. Uh, say goodnight to everybody. Good night, everybody. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. And we'll be back next week. Same rad time, same rad channel. See you, buddy. Same rad time? We just go whenever we're ready. That's the, that's the rad time. Okay. See? It's semantics. I gotcha. All right. Bye, everybody. We hate the post.